he's alive. Alive! This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> this show is behind the shem schemes. I'll give you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniac! What is a man? You blew it up! Damn you! A miserable little pile of secrets! Damn you all to hell! What is BTS? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance at this. Narcatius is wearing thin. Animals, the wisest of us all has words which must now be spoken. These words came to old Major in a dream and must now be heard. My friends, I do not think I will be with you for many days more. I've had a long life, and now it is my duty to pass on to you such as I understand of the nature of our lives. Animal kind is born to a miserable, laborious, and short existence. We are given only just enough food as will sustain the breath in our bodies for the work we do. And when our usefulness has come to an end, we are slaughtered with hideous cruelty. No! 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 This, and who, pray, is responsible for our suffering? Huh? Hmm? Man! Man is our enemy! Remove man, and the root cause of hunger and overwork is abolished forever. Remove man and the produce of our labor will be our own. Remove man and overnight we will become free and equal. Free and equal. Free and equal. I thought I was free. Will it mean no harnesses? If you believe that, you'll believe anything. We must never come to resemble man in any way. If there are no humans, who will brush my mane? Oh, no. And who will braid it with ribbons? Here, did I hear someone say ribbons? I could get ribbons. I could get anything. What you got to trade? 
You shouldn't care about looking pretty for humans. But I like looking pretty for humans. Or engage in trade. What? No trade? Amongst us animals, there must be unity and comradeship. All animals are friends. All humans are enemies. All podcasts are equal, and this is Behind the Schemes, episode 95 for May 2nd, 2022, and a little more equal than others, I'm Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from a very strange land very far away, uh, where we're running out of West End talent. My name is Lavish. <laughs> well, we gotta start importing that, uh, that, that, uh, that, that, that British style. We Actually, it's not true. Uh, there's plenty. It, I feel like it's only British actors that you see on, you know, in major in major roles. A mm. lot of uh, British playing Americans, like for example, the new Batman. The new Batman. Well, let's let's think about it. Batman's been played by a British guy twice now. It's been oh, played by Christian, Christian Bale, Bale yeah. and Robert Pattinson. It's a scheme. I'm telling you, man. And then it just goes along the board, like. All kinds of Americans are being played by British actors. The person who played Pamela Anderson was British. She was she was in Downton Abbey for God's sake. I think so. You know, what, oh, what you from that uh, Pam and Tommy series. Yeah, the um, Pam and Tommy series. Yeah. You know, I just saw that Pamela Anderson was on Broadway uh, in on Chicago. She was the, actually the real one. Yeah, she was really? actually on stage with the. Uh, she played the Velma on the tour that I was on. But I was like, holy she played shit, Velma. Really? No, 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 no. Um, the person that I toured with was Velma oh. on this Broadway production that Pam Anderson was on. Okay, but she didn't play like a, a Velma or like a large role like that. She she was the uh, oh god I can't um, Roxy. She was Roxy. She was Roxy. She was Roxy. She was the main person in the show. Hell yeah! Can Pamela Anderson sing? I don't know. I would assume this is very much piqued my curiosity, and I have to look into this. I got to see. Well, shit, if, man. We, this was recently. Yeah, like as of last week or so. Jesus Christ! As of last week, holy God! <laughs> holy shit, boobs! <laughs> what, what the hell am I doing? I'm gonna be fucking. I feel so uncultured right now that I have not heard about this. But I, this is why we. This is why there's two of us on the show. April twelfth, twenty twenty-two. Read them and weep. Check these digits. Damn, oh, that's shit. fucking sick, dude. Just, I'm going to look that up. Paste the fucking show notes again. There we go. I mean, Sorry. I'm, I'm just impressed, personally. Well, dude, Pamela we Anderson had a... can carry a Broadway show. We had Christina Brinkley? Was that her name? Model from the 80s? Uh, uh, the name does not ring a bell with me, sir. Christy, Christy Brink, uh, Brinkley. She was a model. Did a lot of, uh, like, Sports Illustrated and, and stuff. It kind of rings a bell. Um... But she joined us for a week when uh, when the show sat in Vegas. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, hell, maybe it's just like a fill-in, you know? Like, hey, you want to play Roxy for a week or whatever? Yeah. Maybe she's understudying. I mean, maybe she's spreading out the, you know, hey, these people could be multi-talented people. We, who are we to say that they aren't? So... Uh, you know, I won't. I won't be able to remember her name. But when we were in Monterey, Mexico, we had a super mega uh, Mexican star 
come on, mm. come on as Roxy. And she had done the role before, and she was she was a ma- major hit for that market. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Monterey, that's one of the oldest cities in uh, European established cities. I loved it. I would love to go back to Monterey. Oh, I, I would love to go. I've never been. It's probably a fantastic place to go. A lot of history there. That's where I found that uh, that that cast iron um, Freemason symbol that you and I bonded over <laughs> way back in the <laughs> in the early days of our relationship. It all goes back to month and a. Yeah, maybe we should do a Monterey meetup. Oh Jesus! Me and boobs <laughs> do Mexico. You want to see it, folks? It's real. You're like, it's real. Damn, it's man. happening. Trust me, dude. You do not want to tour Mexico with me. Okay, I'm gonna fucking ruin you. I'm just gonna drink tequila the whole time. You don't want to do that. Spare yourself. Uh, <laughs> why, why the, the fuck, fuck not? not? Why the fuck not? Oh, that's right. Christy Brinkley was Billy Joel's wife. Thank you, Ned. I've forgotten that. Hmm. Yeah. Christy Brinkley was Billy Joel's wife. Interesting. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. And then Christopher Battle says that Monterey is great. Mini mooned there with wife. Nice. Mini. Is that you? Me? Are you Mini? Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean that's a great place to moon, as they say. Anyway, let's uh let's talk about the tarot card tonight. Yeah, we should we should we got a fat fucking show for everybody tonight. We got a lot of shit to get to, and uh, we do have yeah. the tarot card already drawn. Lavish, if you would do us the honors, I would be happy to. So today. I drew from my deck, which is the um, a physical deck. We, of course, have Gal in the chat, and you can use Gal to draw cards. Uh, but when we draw for the show, we like to draw from an actual, real physical deck. So I drew from my Gilded set that I got from Corkass, and I drew the reverse Six of Pentacles. Mm. Um, if I may hit them real quick with the reverse Six meaning on Labyrinthos. Uh, well, the upright meaning for a six of pentacles, typically the card itself has like a a wealthy merchant looking guy who who has a scale and it kind of represents justice and the card sort of represents charity. It represents that you're in a position to provide charity to somebody because of whatever you've you've done well for yourself. A benefactor, if you uh, would. A benefactor. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be much more than a one time charity situation it could be like a you know an arrangement or something like that um but reversed it can suggest that the charity is only one way so like for example if you've loaned someone money uh you shouldn't expect that money to be paid back or your favor to be returned you should be cautious about lending money you should be cautious about going into any business type investments um, or any personal investments. Oh, speaking of personal investments, thank you very much for that boost. And uh, and it can also warn you about debts that you may have. It's kind of a it's kind of a card about debts or about hey I th- you owe someone something. That's the way that I've sort of interpreted the card. Uh, from Labyrinthos, the Six of Pentacles, Pentacles reverse can suggest that charity can be one way. Uh, oh, this, I'm sorry, that's what you just... Uh, this is what I just read. I'm sorry. Um, I got totally lost. <laughs> what happened, boobs? I told you everything. We do this every week. <laughs> Hi, we're going to try something new. <laughs> 
Yeah, the the how about the reverse keywords? I didn't hit those. Reverse keywords are power dynamics, abuse of generosity, strings attached gifts. That's interesting. Strings attached gifts, meaning uh, you ain't uh, you ain't gonna get this out of the pure generosity of my heart. You're gonna mm-hmm. have to give me a little uh, mm-hmm. inequality, extortion. Um, oh, there was another word that just came to mind. Uh, that's gone as well. Shit. Well, I like that though. As you said, the strings attached. That's kind of another angle on it. Is maybe you are getting charity, but the charity isn't uh, a, a benign of a, of a benign nature to you. There will be a cost. I'm gonna say something super inappropriate. Yeah. What else is new? And it's only because I I just don't know any better. But something else that comes to mind is the concept of Indian giving. Indian giving. Can you please clarify for the younger audience members what Indian giving means? It is when you give something to someone under the guise that this is yours to have, but then at a later time, you come back around, circle them back, and you're like, can I actually have that back? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can you can lend some something to somebody, or you can let them borrow it, but to give it to them... And let it become their property to then in turn be like, well, actually, I changed my mind. Give it, give it back. See, this is great. This is a colloquial economic term. Uh, and there's a website that breaks down all these economic terms into Seinfeld episodes. And there is a Seinfeld episode specifically where, uh, Kramer steals a, in, like an Indian statue from a cigar shop at the same time that Jerry is trying to date a Native American woman. And um, and there's all sorts of hilarity that that ensues, but Indian giving is important. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. Actually, what I really shouldn't say is that I'm I pro- I'm probably a very significant chunk Native American, so I can <laughs> I can I can rip into it. We get a pass. We're safe. We're free. That's right. <laughs> Clear. I'm sovereign. All right. Ooh, Fuck you. Uh, see, that might be that might be di- dicey territory. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into the sovereignty. Every episode is a test to see how far <laughs> we can go. Because the truth is, is we operate in a value for value model in which we are uh, really uh, subject to no one, mm, serving oh, no masters. That's correct. Subscribing anyway. to no one. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, you subscribe to us. Uh, now, things of pentacles reversed. That's the card of the night. Uh, so watch out for abuses of generosity or uh, an unequal charitable arrangement. I do have one final note about this. I, I just realized this. Uh, looking at the card upside down with the uh, Pepe gif, it mm-hmm. it looks like the merchant is taking the coins back. I, th- ah. I, think, it's just, I think it's just an illusion. Uh uh, people put a lot of thought into these graphics. I wouldn't be surprised if they... I mean, the regular writer does that to a certain degree. Right. Especially with the sword cards. Find the 8, the 9, the 10 of swords has somebody who's being stuck with the sword, and then the reverse is that sword being pulled out. Right. Having it removed. Um. Yeah. If you would like to see this tarot card, it's posted up at the top of our show notes, which is over at zososcorner.substack.com, Z-O-S-O-S corner, 
www.substack.com. It's where that photo is. It's got our list of freaks of hazards. It's got all sorts of crazy pictures and links and artwork and videos and music. And it's like, oh, God. I Bunch just- of stuff. <laughs> On top of being the actual references to the actual material we're going to talk about, there's like 80% even more than that. Oh, man. I, uh, I went and just full to clarify before ADD. full oh. ADD on this one. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I saw when you sent me the when you sent me the notes. I was like, man, this guy got in the zone for this one. It happens, uh, and that's fine. That's what we're all about here. Sometimes getting in the zone. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you do, uh, we have a whole Pepe Tarot set that you can find in our chat room. If you're not in our chat room, you should be in our chat room. It's at irc.zeronode.net on a classic uh, IRC situation from, like, Windows 95. You remember. You remember those old days, unless you don't. I don't, because I... <laughs> uh, dinging into IRC until 2020. And you know what? I didn't either. So, I, who am I kidding? I'm of the AIM generation. Mm. I was on AOL Instant Messenger back in the day. Wow. That was what the kids were on back then. Um, AOL was a thing that used to exist. But if you want to go to our chat room now, which is fantastic and can't be monitored and can't be, well, maybe it can't be, I don't know. It's definitely harder to monitor than other stuff because nobody is like hanging out other than cool people on the IRC. But you can find us at hashtag green room. And if you uh, want to get an easy way to go, you can just go to our website and we have a link that will get you in there. Very, very easy. You don't even have to give a password or anything. Just make a nickname and you're in there. Yeah. Easy as that. It cannot get any easier. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the entire chat log is uploaded to Discord, yeah, that's true. But that's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, badradio.live, uh, we got emails that you can reach out to us at uh, boo at behindtheschemes.com. Um, and, of course, lavish at behindtheschemes.com. And, lavish uh, at behindtheschemes.com. I'm, I'm in there, so yeah, send, send me stuff. Nice. Nudes! <laughs> And we, there's also uh, people that have been wanting to send us physical things. Uh, contact us personally. We haven't been able to get a, a, like a real nice, sweet PO box set up yet because they honestly are kind of hard to come by. It seems like all the U- USPS spots I go by, they're kind of tight. But if you contact us personally, we will provide you an address in which to send things, if that's what you want to do. And we only say that because... People have inquired. We would never assume people would want to send us anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they do. The uh, I, the last thing, I guess, as far as housekeeping is concerned, of uh, naturally, this is a podcasting 2.0 compliant production. I I can't comply any harder. I'm I'm doing all I can to keep up. <laughs> We're doing all we can to keep up. There's a lot going on. Every, every week, there's new stuff. I mean, this is like a, it's a never-ending evolution. It's not a st- static, we come in and we do the same old bit. It's it's always new, man. And that's what's, that's what's so funny. That's one of the best things about this whole thing. This is great. It's very, love it. very incredibly exciting. And if you want to get in on that action, there's an easy way you can do that. And that's by going to nudepodcastapps.com. You can get yourself one of them fancy new podcasting 2.0 apps that will do chapters, transcripts. Uh, you can do boostograms. This is a show that is streaming value, meaning you can, uh, you can boost us Satoshis, which is micropayments of Bitcoin on the Lightning Network in real time. 
We read them out on the show. You get a little, uh, tonight is a, it's a grand ping, M1 grand ping. If you're M1 from- grand, everybody who uh, has a little military knowledge is familiar with that sound. Ping. And, Ting. uh, yeah, we actually, we had, uh, quite a few folks come through boosting, uh, that I would like to hit real quick. Sweet. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's call it our boosters. Uh, 502 sats from N4VX, which I think is, uh, Newcomer to the green room, he boosted us through CurioCaster. Um, we thank you and welcome. I've well, definitely, thank you very much, N4VX. Definitely caught them around bowl after bowl before. Uh, nice. Forty-six, forty-six. The the maintainer of Gal, the hottest spot on the Zero No Network. Uh, it's Servo through BooCLI with forty-six, forty-six sat saying Servo. in the green room. In the green room, Servo, the one of our uh, patron saints of the smoke, uh, not smoker, the green room. <laughs> he is a patron saint of the smoker as well. You can catch Hog Story every Monday and Thursday night. But in the green room, we have a, a very nice styrofoam bust of of him. It's not of him, but it's it's got his name written on it in Sharpie. I got to change out the Alice Cooper makeup to uh, Ace Freely makeup. I think I'm going to do that over the weekend. Yes, yes, we'll, we'll switch the makeup on Servo's bust. Uh, he, he's great. We, we won't say any more on that because Lord knows he, he <laughs> doesn't, he doesn't like it. So thank you, Servo, for your, for your boosting. And then next was, uh, net Ned with the 33, 33 sets through fountain. He said, bitch and boost brightly bringing big blessings beyond behind the schemes. Nice. You nailed that dude. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, this man has obviously been reading out loud a lot lately, because that was sharp as, as attack. I know a lot about bees, okay? Damn. You know, when I, about a year ago, you could, let me, I don't know, you just, you nailed it. Good for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, and thank you, NetNet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had another 333 through CurioCaster from N4VX. That was from half an hour ago. We appreciate it. N4VX, thank you again. And then, uh, there was a series of test boosts. I don't think we'll go through them all, but, uh, Cotton Gin was working over the weekend to get his node back up and running because he is included on the splits, which is very exciting. So there was a couple in there, uh, waiting for a protest report from Cotton Gin. Yes, indeed. Uh, 1111 from Servo saying testing, uh, 333 from Cotton Gin saying testing, 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 one, two, testing, testing, uh, Nick. Hello, Nick. Nick, Nick. Sent, Nick sent 500 sats through Fountain with lightning bolt emojis. Well, thank you, Nick. It couldn't be Nick the Rat, because be, he would say Nick the Rat. So, so thank you, Nick. Ooh, there's another, another one. boost. Uh, Sir Oma, congratulations. You know what's up. Uh, he, Sir Oma. He boosted 420 through Fountain, and he, said, he said boost. <laughs> I, got, I finally got something with 420 in it. God damn it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i think the user uh 4313520011504180 is bully steed steed 2000 sats 
Ayo, thank you, Bully Steed. And she, that boost that we just got, that we just came in, was also from Bully Steed. So thank you, Dame Bully Steed. Yeah, well, uh, let's see. She said, this is from six days ago. This is a Kiss NFT. I think it'll go for less. Oh, we should check in on that. See if, uh, mm. how it did. See how the auction's going. Yeah. Uh, and then she sent two more saying Toons of Mousy Bear boost for 2,000 sets. Oh, gosh. I love that. I talked, I had a great talk with Tunta this morning. Uh, he showed me some great pictures of what he's up to and, and uh, great chat. L- love those guys. And I've got my Mousy Bear gummies coming in the mail any day. Nice. Uh, let's see. MousyBear.com. MousyBear.com. 1111 sets from C Dub through Boost CLI, and he did the little man waving his hands up in the air. Oh, that man. Thank you, C Dub. That guy, he rolls around. He's a busy fella. Yeah, got a lot, a lot of things going on these days. He's got a lot of bots that need boosting. He's got bots. He's, he's got a book. I believe he has a new job. Mm-hmm. Rolling. You'll find him a lot of times hanging out in the bowl after bowl. Uh, chat on Tuesdays. Thank you, thank you, Mister C Dubs. And then uh, that last one, like you, like you said, was uh, Bully Seed with six hundred sats, and she said test boost, freak of hazard. That is indeed, Ew. very true. All of these people are now official freaks of hazards of episode ninety five. Hmm. We appreciate. Well, we'll have to figure out a way to. Um, Start incorporating these boosters into either the show notes or when we post live. I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but uh, well, we at least have you on the recording. At mm-hmm. least have you on the show itself. So oh, that's cool. that's the most important thing. We got to. And got to. Uh, if you want to get in on this action, all of it's taking place over at nudepodcastapps.com, and this is a value for value production. How come we're not in any of these schemes? We're having fun reporting on the schemes. Oh, you got to join hashtag green room. Exclamation point draw space Celtic. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> what? It froze. <laughs> well, I got to just say before you keep it on, Adam came in the chat room for one second and pulled a Celtic draw, everybody. Oh, yeah. That's right. Gal is able to do Celtic draw or Celtic draws now, thanks to uh, patron Servo. Um, and Adam hopped in real quick and pulled one. And we may or may not talk about it later. This is very true. I'm going to try and fire that off again. How come right, we're not in the any top. of these schemes? We're having fun reporting on this. Schemes. Oh, you got to join hashtag green room. Exclamation point draw space Celtic. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. Put on your 3D glasses now. We need more podcasters. Free and equal. That's kind of horrifying. Yeah, no shit. I don't know if I like that. You know what's not horrifying? Calling this sweet, sweet number. What do you think, boobs? What's that number? It is 612-263-7999. Oh, yeah. 612-263-7999. It is a scream mail, but you don't have to scream. We, I mean, if you do, we're going to love it. We're going we're gonna to scream. Mm-hmm. If you scream. But 
You can also just tell us about your day. You can call us while we're talking about what we're going to talk about. You can chip in on what we're going to talk about. You can do whatever you want. 612-263-7999. We don't screen anything. We don't we don't look at the transcripts until later. It's great. It's perfect. Hi. The perfect crime. Behind the scenes. Hey, Peekaboo. How you doing? Oh, hello, caller. Oh, she likes it. Hell yeah. Lavish. Hello. What, what? What, what? I got a margarita for you. What, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's super cool. It's Monday night. Um, I was just thinking about stuff that I was... I keep seeing... Okay, so I see this meme going on about... Oh? About, like, people are watching the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard defamation case, but then there's... Amber Turd, then, yeah. then Defecation case. like, all these, like, food storage places that are being, like, destroyed. Like, that mm-hmm. potato one. Like, whoa, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think those two things are, like, just happening at the same time, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, was there anything else cool that I thought was neat? Uh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I've been following. Um, anyway, I love you guys. Um, uh-huh. have a great show. Yeah. Break a leg. Take care. Bye. Oh, Bye, caller. Say break a leg to you too, except you already did your show tonight. It's the fantastic hug story that's live at 5 p.m. Pacific every Monday night. Seven o'clock central. And also okay. show that you can boost. Also compliant. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I would like to know if there is a correlation, a direct correlation between Amber Turd and the recent spats of f- food processing plant fires. Maybe there is. I never thought that I would be at a point in my life where I was laughing at memes that mashed up Amber Heard and Gigi Allen, but yet here we are. <laughs> Life quite, is strange. Quite remarkable. Quite strange. <laughs> quite remarkable. Uh, I got another shorty here. It's 10 seconds and then leaves us two for intermission. Hit me with a short boy. Oh, I don't know. What's was that going a butt dial? I don't was it know. Like, it seemed like somebody accidentally called us or something. Maybe it was like, like, oh, you know what? I bet it was. You know how when you're when you got your phone in your pocket and then you put those heavy velvet robes over top of it and then you start getting really sweaty from all of the heinous Illuminati sex acts that you're committing. Mm-hmm. As one does. I think that's probably what it was. The they were probably <sighs> sacrificing some goat, drinking the some blood. Lowly sub thirty uh, degree Freemason that butt dialed us while he was getting tethered. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, <laughs> caller. Oh, I bet there's a VHS of it out there somewhere. Yeah, well, I bet it's nothing special. Let's go into the bottom of the pile, okay? <laughs> bottom of the pile. We're going in the way back of the Vatican, <laughs> you stupid fucking no.
No. <laughs> we only put the most pristine tapes in the golden VHS that has been the VCR. I'm sorry. The VCR. Not the VHS. Trying to keep all these letters. The VCR. It's been a long time. The VCR has been obsolete for many years now. But it, li- uh, it lives on in our hearts. And at the Vatican. So is it obsolete? No. They don't have a golden-plated DVD player. It's a VHS, because all the best shit happened in the 90s. We have a text message that came through. There's there's a McDonald's about an hour away from us that has a statue of Mac tonight playing piano from Make Heroism and MK Ultra. Oh, Moon Man? I don't know. I don't know who Mac tonight is. Uh... We're going to bleep that out, by the way. We don't have ads on this show, so we're going to bleep all of that out. But, uh, yeah, I get you. Oh, that's what this dude's name is. Whoa. Okay. Did you, did you drop the image in the... I don't... Did I Did I get this? I don't know. Drop Drop the image in the chat for me. If you yeah. Want. It's Moon Man, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Moon Man. Yeah, Mac tonight. Moon Man. Yeah. Oh, boy. If people aren't aware of Moon Man, well, then I'm afraid that you are what they say on the 4chan forum, a new fag, and you should look into that. <laughs> look into it, man. <laughs> look into Moon Man. It's good shit. He that's, remi- that's fucking great. He reminds me of, uh, there's a Guar character played by Hunter Jackson, the same dude that did Techno Destructo called Scrota Moon. And he's got the same crescent moon shaped forehead, but on his chin, he's got two giant testicles that hang down. <laughs> Based. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way that cookie crumbled. Oh my. Oh this my. Is how things go. This is why we have memes, people. Things proceed, evolve. You oh. bred raptors? <laughs> We bred raptors. Bred fucking raptors. Okay. What did you do? You bred a motherfucking raptor? How did you do it, that? It's well. okay. All the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are female. But I don't want to put chemicals in the water that turn the freaking dinosaurs gay. Turn the freaking velociraptors gay. <laughs> you bred gay raptors? <laughs> Gapters? Uh, oh god okay we had to pick it we had to we have we have so much to get to we have to roll i know you dice. brought so much stuff tonight let's uh, get to oh wait we should roll first actually yeah you got let's any uh roll. you got any any inklings what you want to do yeah we're gonna roll for highest in a d20 have you cool. ever heard of that oh bro i know all about that motherfucking shit right Natty one, natty one, natty one, baby. You got spanked. I always get spanked. I get fucked on all these rolls. I knew I should have gone with lowest. I would have gotten a critical success. So you want to go out on record and say that you got a number one? Number one. Number one. I also got a number one. Number one. You got a number one? I did get a number one. We both got ones? (laughs) 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 What? 
Wow. That's, wow. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's like a one in 400 chance, I think. Wow. Servo, can you, can you back me up on that? Isn't that a one in 400 chance? <laughs> we need somebody who's actually good at math to, to back us up on that one. It's not me. I'm He's on record. the moth man, not, not the, the math, math man. man. <laughs> <laughs> you might have met my cousin, meth man. <laughs> 20 sides. So for out of two 20 sided die for, for both to roll one, I think that's one out of 400. It's one in 69, actually. That's bullshit. Sir Spencer's just toting his birthday again. Stop talking about your birthday, Spencer. Chilling for big birthday. <laughs> we know it's on 69. <laughs> one in 20, 400. Well, there so you Billy go. Bones, I think, is confirmed. It's one out of 400. Wow. Well, what do we do? <laughs> Actually. Oh, now, now Sir was going to write a thing for Cal to figure it out. See, this is... Now we've opened a can of worms. Uh, well, what are we going to do? I don't know. We either re-roll or we go to sudden death. Sudden death. Hmm. I... Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not... Actually, I am sure. Fuck that. Re-roll. Reroll? Fuck that. Reroll is what you say. Roll again, says uh, says the boys in the chat. Well, let's do it. All right. D20, All right. highest goes. D20, highest goes. I cannot fucking believe we both got one. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. I like that confidence. I got a 12. Oh, I got a 19. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, yeah. Hashtag green room. Mm. Well, you know what? I'm going to go first. And then I'll let you write out the rest with, because with, you've got, you got some good stuff tonight. And I'm not going to lie. I'm really interested in hearing what you have to bring to the table. Hell, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I have stuff, but it's not as in-depth as your stuff. So I think I'll just, I'll just start us off with something nice tonight. Uh, did you know... Blueberry, that there's one man. Actually, you know, before I get into that, I'm going to talk about Market Watch. That's right, Market Watch. The part of uh, Behind the Schemes where I pretend that I'm an economist. Can you uh, do if, a Michael? What's the dude's name? Michael Savage? Uh, you're talking about uh, Kramer? Yeah, that Madman Kramer? Yeah. Tell who's hell. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would need a bunch of fucking uh, soundboard shit for that. Bye, bye, bye. Tell who's hell. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> today, Booberry, was supposed to be a very special day. Have you ever heard of Black Monday? Uh, wasn't that a big like stock market crash day in, in the 20s or whatever, 30s? It was two big stock market crashes, as a matter of fact. Not including the one that arbitrarily happened during the um, 2020 crash and the 08 crash, which just is like, whatever, any Monday. But the two big Black Mondays are the 29 Wall Street crash, and which was on the 28th of October, 1929, and the great Black Monday stock market crash of 1987, which is how the movie Wolf of Wall Street basically starts out when he first becomes a broker. And he gets a big job on Wall Street. The Black Monday happens in 87, and the stock market uh, stock markets around the world crashed Um Basically, overall markets lost about 20, 22% of 
of their value overnight, which was massive, massive. Today, the reason why Black Monday is a thing in, in markets is because what happens is, is you have your trading week, right? Monday through Friday, and then the stock market is closed Saturday and Sunday. If you have a really bad week, which is what we had last week, and I've posted some images of it in the uh, in the show notes. I have the one year and I have the one month uh, on the S&P 500. You will see, and the S&P 500 really is a manipulation. It represents the best of the best. So it doesn't even represent the, the market overall. It, it represents the finest cream of the crop of the American economy. Uh, we have lost uh, a year's worth of gains, which is a, kind of a big deal. And in the last week or so, we really, really tanked. Every day was like a good 2 3% loss, which is pretty significant. It was one of the most significant uh, uh, losses uh, since basically the, the 2020 crash, which is considered by many to be the worst since the 29 crash. But nobody really cared because it um, we were too busy doing other things. <laughs> And the truth is, is the stock market crash of 29, uh, it, it was more significant to people. And it also, all these crashes, they recover pretty quick. But after a shitty week in the markets, there's always this sort of tension over the weekend. Are we going to have a Black Monday? Is it going to be Black Monday on Monday? And there's all the stuff. And, and that's when all the, that's when you know that things are going to be okay. You know, everybody's buying. And uh, lo and behold, today, well, we were up uh, about a half a point on the S&P, and Black Monday was avoided. Now, I know that that may not be interesting to many of our listeners. I understand. But to me, it's very interesting. I, I, I like uh, the tension, and I like the, the, the sort of lore that goes around these sorts of things. If you look around on, the, on certain corners of the Internet, uh, people are very much in upheaval about this sort of thing. And so today we avoided a major stock market crash. And most people don't even know it. So there you go. What turned it around? Uh, it, not volume. I looked at the volume. I mean, there wasn't a lot of buying, which is your typical, most simple way that the market goes up. People in general, or I should say institutions, BlackRock, Vanguard, and your typical, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm but you're your normal person who buys and sells for their retirement uh, and, and personal traders and all that shit. Day traders, which isn't a very large amount of the population or a large amount of the volume in general. It's really BlackRock and Vanguard and IRAs. Um, when they buy, everyone goes, okay, yeah, everything's everything's cheap. I'm going to buy. You know, all the all the main stuff, Microsoft, GM, whatever, all the boomer stocks as they as they call them. Um, we, of course, invest in animal coins. So we have, we have a different market that we, that we are involved in. But yeah, we avoided black money today. Uh, was it because of any volume? No. Was it because of any particular anything at all? No. It was just perception, as far as I can tell. So there's and a little that, bit of like self-fulfilling prophecy going on? Or Yeah. I mean, you take advantage of, uh, of expectations. In the market, a lot of the time. I mean, if everybody's pining on a Black Monday, then there's actually a good chance that there won't be one because everybody's, as they say, priced it in. Everybody's looking for it. So 
The big money is to go against what everybody is expecting to happen. Um, and a lot of the time that can be sort of being, it could be about having a negative view of the world. I don't think that this thing is going to succeed. I'm going to short it. Or I think this, in the sense of like the ruble, the Russian ruble, the Russian ruble took a huge hit after the Ukrainian-Russian conflict began. Guess what? It's bounced back in spades. And there were plenty of people that knew that it would, including myself. I, I'm not in a position to capitalize on that knowledge, but I knew it was going to bounce back. Of course I think, it was. I think, I, I think that would make you an enemy of the state as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> Again? Yeah. Damn. Fuck. Oh. God, Mom, Mom, I did the thing again. She just started giving me fucking cold stars, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that was my. I just wanted to bring that up real quick. I, I don't know if you do. You have any interest in this sort of thing, like the the markets, as it were? Well, I mean, the, the American equities market specifically. Uh, the way I look at it is, there's only one way that I'm really going to come to learn and understand what any of that shit means. And uh, you're pretty much the only person that I talk to about it other than listening to DH Unplugged every week. Mm. So um, I like it. They have a they have a nice perspective on things, too. I do like listening to that show a lot. They tend to focus, as I told you privately, they tend to focus on specific companies and on making moves within the overall market. So but, um, if you were not going to give me any sort of advice, would you say buy or sell right now? Always buy. Wow. Always what a great buying buy. opportunity. Never ends. Always buy. Always buy. The uh, Andrew Horowitz and John C. Dvorak will tell you uh, time in the market always beats timing the market. Mm. And you just gotta you gotta have a long term plan or at least have at least have like a one year long term plan. If you ever buy a stock, you can never hold it for less than a full year. So if you're going to buy something, have it in mind that it's going to, in a certain long-term period, make a certain amount. And if it doesn't, well, then you cut your losses or, or otherwise. Most people, what they do is they have their accounts passively managed, uh, their retirement accounts. They'll They'll have, you know, whoever you're with whatever bank you're with or Schwab or whatever, you'll you'll have them take care of it. And what they'll do is they'll just buy ETFs and they'll buy into the Vanguard of the BlackRock system. And you basically just ride that train. And um, that can work and that can't work depending on what exact things they buy. Uh, and, you know, if you are actually into this stuff, and that isn't really what you want to do with all your money. You do want to make a couple of as they say, speculative purchases where you, um, you know, you go, Hey, I fucking think that like, for me, I was like, Hey, I think this weird Chinese company is going to actually make some money. I'll buy it. Like you could never do that with a passively managed account. They're going to get you an S and P 500 ETF, or they're going to get you a, a, an emerging markets, small cap ETF where you invest in a, a, over 50 companies in Asia that are under a billion dollar net worth or something, you know, and you don't, you don't actually invest in like GM or Tesla or whatever and put all your, put all your chips on the line. You know? All Bitcoin all the time. Let's go. And then Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, Bitcoin is our Apple. 
You know, people talk about Apple the way that we talk about Bitcoin. If you were in on it early enough, you made a killing. And there's and there's a bright future ahead, you know. Yeah. Even if people don't believe that's the case. And when people don't believe it, that's really that gives it more power. More potential energy. Yes. It's when everybody believes in Bitcoin and everybody's using it, that's when I get pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn it. Everybody's going to come in and ruin everything, man. It's Because you know it's just going to tank. You just know it's overvalued and blah, blah, blah. Uh, It's a slow build. I mean, there has to be a certain blend between the new and the old. And the Warren Buffett style of investing is is the slow and low, where you build a business over time. and You invest in this, you invest in that. JCD actually shit on Warren Buffett uh, at the last on the last no agenda when he he either shit on him or he complimented him by pointing out that he did not invest in any tech companies prior to the dot com, which is the first wave of Silicon Valley of real Silicon Valley money, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what we're in right now with Bitcoin. In my opinion, we're kind of in the dot com phase. It, It I could be completely wrong, but. Before 2001, the Silicon Valley was way different than it is now. Now there's so much money and there's there's venture capitalists and there's all these big firms that are involved. Back then it was much more Wild West. And I knew that I know this because I, I grew up here and because my family, which is involved in construction, we were we were dealing with these companies and we were building offices for them and we were we were in business with them. And instead of paying us, they would give us like stock options in their company, in their startup, which is unbelievable to think of now as, as a startup, you know, as a tech company to have some fucking guys coming and do your drywall and be like, Hey, we can't pay you. Here's some stock options. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's, it doesn't happen anymore. It's completely off the wall. But back then that was the sort of environment, you know, that's the environment that Microsoft came up in and all these big companies. It was very different. It was very much more wild. It was very much, there was no rules and it was very speculative, very, very speculative. And it was all about, it was not about cash. It was about the potential. And um, Warren Buffett allegedly didn't like any of that and didn't invest in any of that. And it all came to a massive crash eventually. And the whole industry changed into what it is now which is I compare it to the the change that Vegas went through before it was, you know, before it was owned by the mob and then later it's owned by corporations. What changed? I I mean the, the paperwork. (laughs) That's it. Who the mailing address was. Well, actually I don't know about that either. I mean, you find a way to make it legal. You find a way to make it work within a certain system. And who knows? Things could be illegal. What happened? What is happening today could be illegal in five, 10 years. You never know, but there's so much money and power with the tech industry now. And, 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 and with what we talk about, I mean, it's obvious that the CIA and, and all these government organizations, they've incorporated themselves into the industry before it was just gunners. Now everything is controlled. And if it isn't controlled, then it's bought up by something that is Facebook, whatever, Google, they buy up everything. And Facebook and Google, as we know, are completely compromised. Completely under the thumb of. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to need you to provide some evidence on that claim. Okay. Oh, you can't God. just come out here on this platform and just start spewing whatever you dang well feel like. 
talking about when Mark Zuckerberg was interviewed for Time Magazine as Time's Man of the Year, and uh, and Mueller, 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 who had an office down the fucking hall from Zuckerberg, stopped by and was like, "Hey, I'm the head of the FBI. I'm just saying hi. <laughs> I'm just down the hall. <laughs> Good to see you, Mark." Email body inspector. It's the head of the FBI. No big deal. Robert Mueller. Ho ho. Here I am. Anyway, oh, hope you enjoy up? your fucking whatever. What's up, what's up Pearl? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's all fucking rap. How's your little lizard swarm? Oh, can yeah. I eat one later? Oh, I'm running a little low in blood over here. Oh, hello, Mr. Mueller. I'm Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg's Pee Wee Herman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm Facebook. <laughs> exactly. I just had to go with something. I know. I know. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want to see this information on, on what's going on in the stock market, we, we have on, on the S&P 500, you can find it at the show notes. Uh, other than that, I do have something a little more substantial that I brought tonight. Before we touch on that or get into that, I did want to tell Pfeiffer that his 3333 through Breeze came through. We see it here. Hello. We appreciate that. Thank you, Pfeiffer. Ayo. Big and cold guy, that Pfeiffer. That Pfeiffer, Reverend Doctor. Reverend. Reverend. Reverend Doctor. Thank you, Reverend. 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 Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer says, should I give more of a shit about my 401k? No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't <laughs> give a shit about it. Do not, do. do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> Servo says he was a coiner before he was cool. First of all, when it was first invented, it was definitely not cool. And second of all, as he says later, it's still not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be someday, someday. All right. Uh, what's this? Uh... Airplanes is right. Holding is the hardest part. Holding is the hardest part. Um, anyway, should we? Shall we? Shall we? Yeah. Anything else? Any other parting thoughts? Uh no, I mean I'm I'm checking out the graphs. I'm looking at them. Um, it's See on the to... one month how it just flicks up at the very end with that little green. That's yeah. that's the Black Monday averted. Yeah, is that little flick at the end. Yeah, they and uh, notice the volume is is not as as high as last week's volume. Um, it's interesting. It's uh, I don't know it. I can, like, def- I, I, I can see the, just like the, I guess the redirect, that energy. I don't know. It's, the low volume insinuates to me that people brace for impact. Yeah. People are like, oh God, whatever happens will happen, buying, selling. Oh, happens. it's a fucking roller coaster. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, like, yeah. You definitely. come, you know, you go up that little, you know, one last little mountain there and then come careening down. And at the last second, you fucking curve up to the right. And you have pendulum swings too. If you think of a roller coaster as if it had a pendulum mechanism, the more, the faster you go down, you have to come back up at least a little bit just to offset that. And uh, they call that a dead cat bounce. <laughs> if uh, if if the market tanks, and then after it tanks, it bounces up a little bit before it goes back down again. That's what that's called. <laughs> What a common occurrence. Cat bounce. Um, Dead cat bounce. 
Yes. During intermission, I do have a request. I, I formerly uh, would like to submit Dead Cat Bounce to the band name list. Oh, that's I like that. I like that. I bet you no one's done that. No, nobody who's in a band is trading. That sounds great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Nobody who's in a band has money to buy stocks, so that sounds great. Hey, that, that'll be a little topical f- uh, later on tonight. Hold that card in your thoughts. <laughs> I shall. In my thoughts and in my heart. Uh, no, the 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 real juice of what uh, just completely... Actually, could you give me the dungeon uh, music? Do you have that on hand? Oh. Or is that hard to find? Is that hard to procure? As we go on to the next topic... right we're in lavish castle level two uh i discovered today that there is a person in history a scientist who is responsible for not one but two major environmental disasters oh i i was looking into this i I, it interested me because of all of the things that are going on now and how science is such a a, a re- revered thing and everywhere you go you got to trust the science and you know i don't know so you got to trust these doctors and you got to trust these people all these people all. and you're not allowed to have any autonomy over having an opinion or having any sort of common sense over basic things that have to do with your health and have to do with your family self whatever oh oh my god <laughs> Sounds a little something like that. Sir Spencer just came in with 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Oh, shit. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Oh, fifth, shit. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. <laughs> I played the fifth. <laughs> there are only so many oh, amendments oh I can use. And Not then, amendments. Original Bill of Rights. Uh, fifth. We actually, did I get... Nope, we had another one. Fletcher with the 55-55 through Fountain. He said, take my uncool Bitcoin bits. Oh, so uncool from the coolest Fletcher. Very cool. Very cool. Very Sir Fletcher. 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 Nice. Well, thank you both. Holy shit. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Uh, Sexy. Handsome. Handsome fella, that guy. Handsome fella. Oh. oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to get a little flustered here myself. Oh, but glimped. Ah, boosting coming through. It's pretty cool. I got to say, it's, it's it's pretty cool. It's cool. But mm. It's cool. Oh, my God. So close to 666. Um, so, let's see. Uh, we had a scientist. He was a one-man environmental disaster. And science is uh, can be suspect. Science has had a a history of doing very awful things and playing it off and being like, oh, uh, we didn't. Oh, my God. You know, they just gave me 666. Karma. Hail Satan. Dude, hell Satan. That's very Satan. And that's what this is, you know. Satanic black magic. Satanic black magic. Hey, Pone. If you're telling me that Jesus came back after three days. What would he smell like? Gabagool. Gabagool. <laughs> hey, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, smells like bamoni. 
Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, that's very, very racist. Of me to say. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I'm. I'm not apologizing. Please continue. It's okay. I'm part Native American, so I can make fun of Italian. Double down. <laughs> oh, God. I got to cool off. Cool myself. So science sucks, uh, and it always is, is, it's always about profit. Is this, is, this is a very simple thing that people forget. This is, how, this is how it ties into Market Watch. It's all about money, people. Mm. Follow the money. Oh, yeah. Fiverr just gave me 666 because Junta took it back. Juna gave me 666 and was like, actually, I'm not going to be the one. Whoa. And then gave it to Pfeiffer. Holy like, Pfeiffer, shit. you be the one. That's very Satan y. I'll just replace you on the Freaks of Hazards <laughs> list here. <laughs> Damn. Uh, this, is, this is the episode where we start unpersoning people. <laughs> Judas says, enjoy hell. I will. <laughs> I will. Uh, all right. I'll get through this somehow. So science sucks. Pro- profit driven. It took them forever to figure out that washing your hands is a thing. Everybody talks about, oh, you know, I can't believe washing. People, the doctors have been saying wash your hands for hundreds of years. No, they haven't. They've been saying it since like the 1850s. When someone actually figured out, oh, God, we should wash our hands. They threw that guy in a mental asylum. But that guy is not the guy that we're going to talk about. That's a whole other episode. We're going to talk about a gentleman named Thomas Midgley Jr., uh, who was an American mechanical and chemical engineer, who was uh, quite the fella. He he did quite a bit of stuff. Uh, Please hit science one. One single scientist created three inventions that accidentally caused the deaths of millions of people, including himself. Not only that, they decreased the average intelligence of people all around the world, increased crime rates, and caused two completely separate environmental disasters that we are still dealing with today. In 1908, a woman was driving across the Belle Isle Bridge in Detroit when her car stalled. A passing motorist stopped to help. In those days, cars needed to be hand-cranked to start. He knelt down and turned the crank, and the engine roared to life, a little too suddenly. The man couldn't get out of the way, and the crank handle hit him in the face and broke his jaw. He died as a result of his injuries. His name was Byron Carter, and he was the founder of his own car company, so he was well-connected in the Detroit auto scene. He counted among his close friends the founder of Cadillac, Henry Leland. Leland was so distraught over his friend's death that he resolved to eliminate hand cranks from his vehicles. Leland hired Charles Kettering to create a self-starting car, and by 1911, he had a working prototype. Hand cranking was difficult and dangerous, and best left to men. But a car that started itself changed everything. The world's first crankless car was the Cadillac Model 30. It was much more powerful than cars before it. But it had a problem. It was deafeningly loud. Kettering wanted to find an additive which would increase the octane rating of ordinary fuel and eliminate knocking in high-compression engines, so he hired 27-year-old engineer Thomas Midgley Jr. 
Midgley experimented with all sorts of compounds, from melted butter and camphor to ethyl acetate and aluminum chloride. He later wrote, most of them had no more effect than spitting in the Great Lakes. Hmm. I know camphor is used in, uh, sort of got esoterical qualities to it. People use it to purify spaces, much in the way of sage. Mm. And, uh, uh, Paula Santo sticks. Yeah. They used everything. Anything they could get their hands on, they tried to mix with typical gas- gasoline, petroleum-based gasoline, too, which is very new at the time. And I'm reading, I this kind of ties into, I'm reading the history of Standard Oil right now, which is directly coming out of the Civil War, which I just read a bunch of stuff on. So I'm just kind of like proceeding through post-Civil War history. And this is a part of it. This is the the development of the automobile, as we know it, and this is in Detroit. Detroit had had the car had the automobile industry partly because they were they were massively producing uh, carriages, horse carriages, or they made cars. Detroit was one of the largest manufacturers in the country of horse carriages. Yeah, when they were building so, all the chassis and whatnot. Yeah, hmm. so they transitioned from that out of the wake of the petroleum industry, which really begins in 1870. So between 1870 and 1900, that 30-year period, you have the establishment of the foundation of the oil industry. You have the consolidation of the Rockefeller Industries. You have them uh, controlling all 20-something companies that were in Ohio at the time, which was like the Saudi Arabia at the time, just, you know, endless oil coming out of Ohio. So they, they consolidate that. They create their Standard Oil Company, DuPont gets involved. You have um, General Motors, which eventually comes out of Detroit and buys up Carter Carr, which is the guy who died from cranking the car. And, and getting smashed in the face, yeah. So he was one of the first major car manufacturers. His name was uh, Byron Carter, Carter Carr, which was eventually uh, bought up by GM. And cars are very, very rudimentary at this time, so you had to crank them. And it's all about pistons and it's about how the gases and the pistons uh ignite automatically they auto ignite when they when they are compressed in a certain way and they hadn't figured out the compression quite right so they're trying to get the the fuel to compress correctly in the engine otherwise it has something called knocking uh where where everything's setting off too quickly or or too late it's out of sync yeah and it makes a terrible 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 noise and so there's this big race as to how they're going to fix this problem now that they have developed the auto-ignition vehicle. Please play Science 2. Yes, I can. On December 3rd, 1921, after five years of working on the problem, Midgley found what he thought was the perfect solution, tetraethyl lead. This additive was exactly what he was looking for. It stopped the knocking, it didn't smell, it was cheap to produce and readily available. Best of all, you only needed one part in a thousand for it to be effective. In a call to Kettering, Midgley said, Can you imagine how much money we're going to make with this? We're going to make $200 million, maybe even more. That is over $3 billion in today's dollars. Now, for his discovery, the American Chemical Society gave him the prestigious Nichols Award, and they asked him to do a series of public talks, but Midgley declined. 
Then they teamed up with three of America's largest corporations, General Motors, DuPont, and Standard Oil of New Jersey, to form the Ethel Corporation. At the 1923 Indianapolis 500, the top three finishers all used ethyl, and the demand for leaded gasoline took off. To keep up, Ethel Corporation had to build a new chemical plant in New Jersey, but the project began terribly. Within two months of operating, dozens of workers fell ill with lead poisoning. Five of them died. To address the public outcry, Midgley held a press conference. And there he poured tetraethyl lead onto his hands, and he inhaled it for a full minute. He claimed he could do this daily without harm. But Midgley knew the dangers. The reason he had turned down the public talks was because he spent much of 1923 in Florida, where he himself was recovering from lead poisoning. He didn't go anywhere near his company's product if he could help it. Lead is dangerous even in small doses. It mimics calcium in our bodies, so there's no efficient way to get rid of it. And like calcium, lead can be stored in bones for years, meaning it can continue to poison the body long after the initial exposure. The organ most sensitive to lead is the brain. Lead breaks down the myelin sheath around axons and prevents the release of neurotransmitters. That's why common symptoms of lead poisoning are headaches, memory loss, and tingling in the hands and feet. And children are particularly susceptible. Lead exposure can cause permanent learning disorders and behavioral problems. And the dangers of lead had been known for hundreds of years. Already in 1786, Benjamin Franklin remarked that lead had been used for far too long, considering its known toxicity. You will observe with concern how long a useful truth may be known and exist before it is generally received and practiced on. He would have been aghast to learn that nearly 150 years later, scientists planned to add lead to fuel. Doctors and public health officials from MIT, Harvard, Yale, and the U.S. Health Service wrote to Midgley and warned them against producing tetraethyl lead. They called lead a creeping and malicious poison and a serious menace to public health. Their concerns were dismissed. Yeah. Damn. Sound familiar? Damn, Ben. Get it, son. Shit. Sound fucking familiar? Eh? Hmm. Let me think about it. There was another situation where thousands of scientists with valid opinions were silenced on a very important public health matter. Are you the science one? You don't even have to think about it, dude. Sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's. We haven't done that one in a while. Fuck it. The CDC is like this whole governmental body with scientists and shit that just tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. Science is real. Right. Oh, Booberry, hmm. did you just mention the CDC, the Center for Disease <gasps> and Control? Shit, I did. Center for Disease and Control? And Control? <laughs> yes. Well, it turns out the CDC were around during all this. Oh, oh what? Yeah. But wouldn't that be a public health crisis? Putting... A really toxic element like lead in gasoline in automobiles that everybody's driving? Well, I'm sitting here Wouldn't looking you? looking at the book of knowledge and I don't I'm I'm nervous to say it because it's such a a crazy phrase. I don't know if it spoils anything. Uh have we hit nineteen twenty four yet? 
Uh, we are about to, yeah, we've hit 1924. Uh, public controversy arose over the loony gas after five workers died in the standard oil refineries in New Jersey. Mm. Ooh, creepy. The toxicity of concentrated uh, tell was recognized early on. And like you just said, recognized since the 19th century. Yes. Damn. Standard Oil, New Jersey, and DuPont both have very, very long histories of having people die in their factories from very, very terrible uh, poisonings, things like that. But, hey, it turns out that these guys had so much money that it didn't matter. Mm -mm -mm. Just well, surely, surely the scientists at the CDC were familiar with matters such as these. Oh, they were familiar. Oh, they were very familiar. As a matter of fact, they were. It, it was up to the. Well, actually, you know what? Let's just let this gentleman say. Can you please play science three? By the 1950s, millions of motorists globally were burning lead in their cars and releasing it into the air. Public concern about lead exposure had continued to grow. But President of Standard Oil Frank Howard pushed back, saying, We do not feel justified in giving up what has come to the industry like a gift from heaven on the possibility that a hazard may be involved in it. Trust the science. Scientists funded by the Ethel Corporation claimed that lead was a natural part of our environment and therefore not harmful to people. But Patterson wondered, just how natural is the lead in our environment? And he had just the skills to find out. He began by measuring lead in the oceans. If it were natural, he expected the concentration of lead to be the same regardless of depth. But if lead pollution had increased recently, it would be more concentrated near the surface. And sure enough, lead concentrations were nearly ten times higher near the surface. Lead pollution was clearly recent, but when exactly had it occurred? To find out, Patterson had to go to Greenland and Antarctica. Ice cores record the level of lead in the air going back thousands of years. The levels of lead in the atmosphere have been elevated for the last 4,500 years. All of it is due to human activity, mainly smelting ores to make metal. You can see the rise and fall of the Greek and Roman empires, the dip caused by the Black Death in the 1300s, and of course the spike in the 20th century due to industrialization and tetraethyl lead. So what did this do to people? Well, Patterson looked at the lead levels in the teeth and bones of recently deceased Americans. And for comparison, he measured the lead in bones and teeth of Peruvian and Egyptian mummies. Since they lived over 1,600 years ago, they would have been exposed to much less lead in their lifetimes. He expected to find modern Americans had about 100 times as much lead in their bones, but results showed it was closer to a factor of a 1,000. 20th century Americans had a thousand times more lead in their bones than their ancestors. Studies of baby teeth revealed that even lead exposure well below the level considered safe resulted in delayed learning, decreased IQ, and increased behavioral problems. And there is a, a broad consensus on the part of everybody except the lead industry and its spokesman that lead is extremely toxic at extremely low doses. A follow-up study showed that those with higher levels of lead in their baby teeth were many times more likely to fail out of high school. As a result of studies like these, the CDC's guidelines for the acceptable level of lead in children's blood dropped from 60 micrograms per deciliter down to 3.5. 
And as far as we know today, there is no safe level of lead. Globally, lead is believed to be responsible for nearly two-thirds of all unexplained intellectual disability. According to a study published in 2022, more than half of the current U.S. population, that's 170 million people, were exposed to high levels of lead in early childhood. Those born between 1951 and 1980 are disproportionately affected. The authors estimate that in aggregate, lead caused a loss of more than 800 million IQ points. The world is less intelligent today because of leaded gasoline. Yeah, but did you wear your mask? Yeah, but <laughs> that was interesting um, that they said that there was a was it there was an increase in lead during the uh, Black Death plague. There was a decrease. Oh, a decrease. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, they mm. they claim to say that you know they can see the the rise of the Roman Empire, and they say that it's really through smelting through Iron Age smelting. Right. And, uh, yeah, they say during the Black Death, it actually decreased. <laughs> hmm. Because one-third of the civilized world, quote-unquote civilized world, was was uh, died overnight. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the ice cores you will find are the basis for so many different studies and so many different things that have to do, particularly with the environment. But also just with any sort of, I mean, if you want to do any aging of any kind, if you want to control, um, as this guy did with, with lead, you know, he measured samples from the ocean. He measured samples from, from mummies that had been around for thousands of years. And then he went to the ice cores, which are locked in. And, and you take those samples out and, uh, and, and you get these sort of control ratings on them. He, he did all this, and, and everybody knew that lead is poisonous. Ben Franklin said that lead was poisonous, and I guess he, he learned that from being a typesetter uh, mm, in his mm -hmm. youth. I'd believe that, yeah. Totally. So he, he had to deal with lead all the time, and he, and he knew. He's just like, yeah, this, this stuff is nasty. Um, and they didn't – they knew that. Everybody knew that. It was common sense. All you had to do was – you know, drink a vial of lead and you'd know what would happen <laughs> you know? or whatever. I mean, even the smallest trace of lead and, uh, you know, bully Steed says in the chat, Rome had lead in their pottery. Rome also, um, kind of soldered their aqueducts with, with lead. They, they lined their aqueducts with lead. Um, the idea being that, yeah, they got lead poisoning in the beginning, maybe, but, uh, over time, the, the aqueducts calcified naturally in a way where the, the lead didn't chip off. anymore, And not a lot of change, you know, not, sorry, not a lot changed. Cause of course you had, uh, Barack Obama proudly drinking a glass of fresh Flint, Michigan water on stage in front of uh, <laughs> Flint, Michigan residents. Yeah. Yeah. That was like when Bill, uh, Bill Gates drank the poop water. Mm, Remember mm -hmm, that? Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. It's all poop water. All poop water. Uh, I want to hit you with something really interesting that I found. Okay. Alchemically speaking, what planet do you think uh, lead represents? Uh, it represents like Neptune or Uranus, one of the outer ones. It, uh, let's see here. It is it has an androgynous nature with qualities of cold and damp, allowing it to be called an arcane substance representing the lustrous prime 
uh, lusterless prime matter. For this reason, it is similar to Adam and is said to be the counterpart of the planet Saturn. Hmm. Saturn. Saturn. The alchemical symbol for lead is an old man with a wooden leg and a scythe. <laughs> so people have known since time immemorial that this thing is not good. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's that's cool. I did not know that Saturn was the uh, was the lead counterpart. That's cool. Well, lead's been around forever, and as uh, as Billy Bones notes, it has a fantastic melting point. It it really is a a great material for construction for soldering. Uh, when uh, I think he he may or may not say this in the in the clips later, but the guy who who figured all of this out and really gave the studies that led to governments <laughs> finally fucking doing something about this. Sorry. <laughs> what? You said the studies that led to this. <laughs> that led to this. Ah, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, he, he made a clean room mm. at uh, at one of these California colleges, and he ripped out all of the Electrical sockets because they were all soldered with lead. <laughs> oh yeah, so it's it's like asbestos, you know. It's very very good construction material until you die from it. Yeah, but um, was there any ever uh, was there any cases of pharmaceutical companies injecting lead straight into the spines of prisoners against their will, like they did with with asbestos? Uh, injecting lead into people. Yeah. They did that with mercury. Mm. And I'll tell you what, that doesn't work out very well either. I don't think they did it with lead because people just know, well, lead, I mean, lead has a cool melting point. It doesn't have that kind of melting point. I don't know if you, can, you can't inject hot lead into something. <laughs> well, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> uh, go for it. And Bullisi said Roman pottery and paints, and she's right. Yeah, I said aqueducts, not you. I said aqueducts. Um, so if I'm wrong on that, you can blame me and not Dame Bullysteed. Uh, so anyway, this guy develops tetraethyl lead. He markets it without the lead in it. Uh, the CDC eventually comes around and says, you know what? It's about 30 fucking years later, which is how this is going to fucking work. So what, what happens when the CDC and all these people ignore all of this shit? Science for it, please. But there are even more troubling correlations. The U.S. saw a steady rise in crime from the 1970s to the 1990s. Then it abruptly declined. This graph looks eerily similar to a plot of preschool blood lead levels, just offset by 20 years. The obvious question is, did kids who were exposed to higher levels of lead grow up to commit more crimes than they otherwise would have? You might think this is just a spurious correlation, but the same pattern appears in many countries, including Britain, Canada, and Australia. And we know there's a causal connection between lead exposure and antisocial or violent behavior. A study of 340 teenagers found that those who were arrested were four times as likely to have elevated lead in their bones than similar demographic controls who didn't have run-ins with the law. Now, this doesn't mean that lead is responsible for all of the increase in crime, but it's very likely responsible for some of it. 
Now, it's tough to estimate the precise death toll of lead. One of its lesser-known effects is a hardening of the arteries, leading to increased cardiovascular disease. A study from 2018 found lead was likely responsible for 250,000 heart disease deaths per year in the U.S. Assuming a constant rate over the past century, that amounts to 25 million deaths in the U.S. alone. Globally, the figure may approach 100 million. Most of those deaths are due to Midgley's decision to put lead in gasoline, a substance he knew firsthand was toxic, but he did it anyway to maximize profits. And the problem is not over. Current estimates of deaths caused by lead range from 500 to 900,000 per year. A 2020 UNICEF report warns that one in three children globally, that's over 800 million children, have blood lead levels at or above 5 micrograms per deciliter. A lot of this lead now comes from batteries and industrial processes, but some is still due to Midgley's invention. I pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. 900,000 a year? Millions. Millions and millions. No, 250,000 a year. 250,000 people a year. Oh, I thought I had heard him say 900,000. 900,000? Yeah. Or 90,000? I, I I could be wrong. Um, I'm not sure where it was in the clip, so... I don't know well, I what did you hear? Did you hear 90 or 900? 900. You heard 900. Okay, I heard 250. Uh, 250,000 people, 900,000 people, but at the end of the day, millions of people. That have been that have been killed by it, let alone affected. Everybody's been affected by it, and that is the elephant in the room. Mm. <laughs> now, according, uh, it's 2013 numbers, but according to the WHO, it was 143,000 per year, and that's mm. them being like that's them on the environmental train now. You know, they they bring it up as a as a selling point because they always have to use it as a way to push something. If they are going to give you data, it has an agenda behind it. And who knows? But we we do know that this shit is extremely toxic and it's ubiquitous. And the entire civilized world runs on this shit. So everyone's affected. Mm. Anybody who's in, and even people who aren't affected, people who aren't, if you're a tribe living in an island in the middle of the ocean, you're probably still affected by this shit somehow. So anyway, this guy did all this, and you think that'd be bad enough, right? This guy created this lead poisoning, which is one of the great environmental disasters of our time. One of the great, great environmental disasters of our time. But my man, Midgley, had to do one more for us. He was like, look, one environmental disaster isn't enough. I got something else for you, my friends. I'm a genius, okay? I'm a scientist. Wait till you see my Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Midgley Part 2. Please play Science 5. Now, after Midgley's success with Ethel, he was put in charge of another engineering project. GM wasn't just making cars, but also household appliances. Oh, GM. And fridges had a problem. The two most common gases used as refrigerants were methyl formate and sulfur dioxide. One is highly toxic, the other is flammable. 
Midgley was tasked with creating a safer alternative. And in 1928, he developed a non-toxic and non-flammable refrigerant, dichlorodifluoromethane. This is going to end well. GM called this new product Freon. <laughs> and to demonstrate Freon's safety, during the unveiling at the American Chemical Society, Midgley inhaled a lungful of this gas and blew out a candle. In the following decades, CFCs like Freon became very popular and were used as solvents and aerosols. The problem is CFCs are light and stable. When released into the atmosphere, they climb up into the stratosphere, where they can remain for 50 to 100 years. But if a CFC molecule is hit by an ultraviolet photon of just the right energy, it breaks apart, releasing a chlorine atom. And this chlorine atom can then react with ozone, breaking it apart into chlorine monoxide and oxygen gas. The result was another environmental disaster, the hole in the ozone layer. With less ozone, more UV light penetrates the atmosphere, increasing the rates of skin cancer and cataracts. Plus, CFCs are potent greenhouse gases. Per kilogram, they produce 10,000 times more warming than CO2. The historian John McNeil wrote that Midgley had more impact on the atmosphere than any other single organism in Earth's history. An agreement to phase out CFCs, the Montreal Protocol, went into effect in 1989. And the ozone layer is now showing signs of recovery, although it'll take many more decades to fully recover. You know, yeah. that's that's how uh, that's how Guar was released from their icy tombs in Antarctica was... All of the hair metal dudes spraying all that Aquanet into the air. All that mm-hmm. hairspray melted the ozone. Yep. And uh, it, it... Aerosols. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a uh, true story, dude. Documented. Yeah. Yeah. This is all real. This is all real shit, people. Guar. <laughs> the ice caps melting. Chlorofluorocarbons. And hydrochlorofluorocarbons. Uh, and also... Uh, this lead-based uh, ethanol solution that they made. It, it's this kinda, guy really it, did quite a number. It's kind of romantic because it's like a, you know, it's like lead soil and chlorine rain. It's yeah, very industrial, very industrious. I, I have to admit something. I look. I'm not a. I I like. You know, I'm not. I'm not a big math guy. I'm not. A, I, I like math. I do that. It's okay. I'm not as big of a math guy as a lot of other people that are around here. All these these coders, C dubs in the house. Um, I love chemistry, mm. and, and I have always had an interest in chemistry. If I had a better attention span, and if I was more dedicated to the craft. I feel like chemistry would be something that would interest me very much as far as a STEM thing is concerned. I couldn't be a physicist. I couldn't be a, a statistician, a statistician. But if, 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 if you pointed a gun at me, if I was in Soviet Russia and they pointed a gun at me and they're like, hey, guess what? You're going to be in some science field of some kind or we're going to kill you and your whole family. Which one is it going to be? I would go into chemistry because chemistry fascinates me um and you do get to blow shit up you do get to blow shit up uh but but you get to create incredible things out of out of basic fundamental aspects of our world 
And when I looked into all of this stuff, I was, I was very fascinated at just kind of the simplicity of some of these experiments that he was pulling and, and how it just, it always involves the same basic parts, the same basic elements. It's just the, the complexity that you can pile on. It's, it's chaos theory. You're, you're taking these basic building blocks and you're creating just this com- very complex uh, structure or, or reaction out of these elements. And there is math to it and there is, there is an art to it. And, and, and I love that. I, I, I really do. I, I find a, a, a big interest in that sort of thing. I wish that I were more drawn to it because I feel like I could make a living if I were, if I had a better attention span. For it. You know what that living would sound like? Sound like me going blind. Oh, I'm breaking good. <laughs> Ooh. I wish for an RV. Crystal meth, the right. brand new hotness. <laughs> well, that's a good turn. Says, <laughs> says lavish with an RV, larvish. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me kind of gooey vibes. I'm not gonna lie, like larva. Larvish. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, Carolyn Blaney, she sent in 88, 88 sets. From CurioCaster, she said, gasoline is a great smell. Bye, bye, bye. Hodl, hodl, hodl. Hodl, hodl, hodl. Bye, bye, bye. Carblanes gets it. Carblanes knows exactly what the hell's up. She buys and she hodls. Mm. <laughs> That's how you win. And rips fat whiffs of gas. That's right. Takes mega snarfs. <laughs> mega snarf. Snarfs of that gears. And then, uh, and, uh, we also, if I may, I think it's cotton gin here. Mm-hmm. Cotton gin tonic. Gin and tonic. I like that. Boosted a quadruple five. That's a five, 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 five saying in the green room or ITGR. BFM. Uh, yeah, baby. I like it. I would, yes. I, would I make meth? Maybe. Would I make bombs? Maybe. <laughs> Oh, we all know what you're really going to be doing. Acid. Take make acid. acid and F shit up. LSD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, maybe. Nah, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe one day uh, when I retire. Uh, so anyway, this Midgley character, just to, just to top it all off here. Yeah, the lead gas, the CFCs, he's uh, all in the name of uh, making a buck. That's a true... Uh, <laughs> True he's a icon. real scientist. Yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a real scientist. This is what you do as a sci- he's a successful scientist. He was GM's bitch, and he caused the most. I mean, they call him. What did the guy say? He's 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 had more impact on the environment more than any single organism. Mm-hmm. I would say since Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan, as a single person, had a huge impact on the environment. Changing landscapes, yeah. fucking murdered millions of people. (laughs) Definitely uh, did something to the environment when he did that. Probably for the better in the long term, unfortunately. But um, what happened to our good friend, Thomas Midgley Jr.? What do you think a gentleman of such esteem, what kind of an end do you think the gentleman uh, would reach or maybe even deserve? 
Well, I think uh, he probably retired somewhere in the Northeast. That's uh, around the age of 66, 67. This is when his bones are really starting to get pretty achy in the morning and the wee hours of the night checking in mm-hmm. on his uh, properties and whatnot. But, you know, he's got the wife and the four kids. I mean, they're not really kids anymore. They've grown up and have gone on and had families of their own. And, you know, for a long time, I just, I just think that he was working towards that drive and he just had to, you know, settle down and like really come to, um, you know, spend time with his grandkids and live a long and, and a productive life, you know, bettering people. Acting sort of like that Six of Pentacles merchant, you know, giving charitably. Playing six. In 1940, at the age of 51, Midgley contracted polio and became physically disabled. So to help him get up, he devised a mechanical bed controlled by a series of ropes and pulleys. On November 2nd, 1944, while using the contraption, he became tangled in the ropes and died of strangulation. I was kind of close. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, you know, <laughs> with friends and family surrounded. It's a little kinky. A little, yeah, you know. Anyone who dies by self-strangulation, there's always a little bit of an element of that there. Press F in the chats for David Carradine. I just feel like, in my mind, this guy did so many years of going in front of people and sniffing lead gas and blowing out candles with <laughs> chlorofluorocarbon carbonated air, aka Freon, aka Freon. Uh, this guy, and he got polio. And polio. I mean, if we really want to get conspiratorial, you could say that polio was created by <laughs> probably by someone, someone up there, the Dupont yep. in the Dupont circle. Somebody but, uh, putting something in the water or something in the soil. I just think of this guy laying in bed at the ripe old age of 51 with lead in his bones and his lungs uh, falling apart and he has polio and he's trying to fucking get around with these ropes and he just can't, he just slips and he's so feeble. He just is like, oh God, oh no, <laughs> hangs himself. Oh my. Oh what a way. My. I mean uh, some may say a fitting end, but I just think that's sad. It's just It's just a sad. You know, it's a you know. I sure hope Fauci doesn't make an end like that, you know. That would be a shame. That would be a fucking shame. Um for all of the good that he's done to the world. For all the good that they have done to the world. These people, they 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 gift their science to us. You know, they should we have so much to say? Should we play a little music underscore to celebrate the moment? I I agree. Let's do it. They don't make scientists like that anymore, man. Nope. Well, they do, but they don't. Because they don't, <laughs> they don't use their devices anymore. <laughs> they are a device. They 
There you go. Hmm. Rest in peace, you piece of fucking shit. Uh, that's uh, Thomas Midgley Jr., uh, and that is the history of this weird guy that did a bunch of real big damage that we all have to live with now, and our children and our grandchildren. There you go. Uh, may he rest in peace. So this is the sort of thing. You know, when people say shit, like, remember the Holocaust, or remember 9-11, or remember blah, blah, blah. Remember like, January Why don't you remember 6th. something that fucking matters? <laughs> you know? Why don't you remember something that fucking matters? Something that actually, I mean, not to say that that shit doesn't matter, but if you're going to remember that shit, remember some other shit while you're at it, you know? Why don't you go through the fucking trouble? <clears throat> um, it seems like this. In times like these where you have the, the, the science community as such an overarching control over your life, my life, everything that we do, you have to hold these people accountable. Otherwise, you're going to die of lead poisoning and your grandchildren are going to hold them accountable and they're going to be at a loss for it. Well, so, man, I, would the children even be capable of holding them accountable? I mean, just over a long enough time with enough shit creeping in? This intelligence well, thing's real, dude. Reading all this shit from the Civil War, this fucking... I, I just finished reading Life of a Common Soldier in the Civil War, uh, written by Leland Stilwell. And this guy was a, he was from the backwoods, and he, he was from a poor family, and he had almost no education. And this guy went into the Civil War as an 18-year-old. And this guy became a judge. He, he also he talks about these guys. This guy is so well-read. Everybody that I read from this time, they're so well-read. They're so smart. They're so intelligent. And it pains me to see that these people who lived through this incredibly difficult time compared to what we're going through uh, with this violence and with the poverty and with just living in the frontier, how smart they were. How how much intellectual capacity these people had. And then you go even further back to Shakespeare, right? And you think about how Shakespeare in England in the in the turn of the 16th century, 17th century, sorry, the turn of the 17th century. He would have people come in to this to this wooden shack that they build in the middle of London that's got mud and it's raining and they would put on these shows where they would talk cleverly for seven hours and people who worked for a living would go and enjoy that people who who fucking tilled the fields and kneaded dough all day long to to relax they would go and they would watch a shakespeare play this is how refined people used to be not to say that shakespeare's particularly refined it's really a lot of dick jokes but <laughs> considering that considering that it's incredible that these people had this sort of intellectual capacity that we don't really possess anymore unless you unless you really have a keen interest in that sort of a thing. I don't know, the, man. I learned about Teeth, the musical, and my whole perspective on life in this current generation has flipped on its head. That That's, it's phenomenal. Teeth? Teeth? Like uh, the horror movie where the main character's got a 
a jaw inside of her vagina that eats people. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> See, that shit would have existed, but it would have been more refined. It would have been a little more clever, you know? That's all I'm saying. We should have never started washing our hands. As soon no. as we started washing our hands, that's when it all went downhill. All downhill from there. Ugh. Straight into the shitter. All right. Anyway, that's... here, there... In the room. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> oh, what a strange thing, you know. Yeah. I love it. It's so, we need, it's so we need we need more Ben Franklins out there. I love Ben Franklin. You know, they brought up Ben Franklin on No Agenda. That guy's the fucking man. Genius, banged French whores, never wanted to be president. This man's my hero. <laughs> okay. This guy sat around. He worked for a living. He had his projects. Everyone's like, you should be president. He was like, nah, I'll be the French ambassador. Whatever. Get, get out of here. Whatever. I, I don't want to be part of your stupid shit. Uh, ben Franklin's the man. <laughs> Way cool. Ben Franklin, number one. Washington, number two. Jefferson, number three. Uh, John Quincy. No, not John Quincy. Just John Adams. And John Quincy after that. And then Andrew Jackson after that. That's uh, I could go on all day. I love I love. But God damn it, Ben Franklin. Me and I'm riding with Biden. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's that's hot. It's all hot. Yeah, you like that? You like that? Come I, on, when I man. Up, I want to be Ben Franklin. I want to be Ben Franklin. I want to be a genius, whoremongering alcoholic. <laughs> Flying kites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the name of God. science. He, he never had to give anybody lead poisoning. No, no. I can warn people about lead 150 years before people even know it's a bad thing. You know, that's that's what you want to be. You want to be that guy. You want to be a Tesla. You want to be a a Newton. You want to be a guy who was like, "Hey, fuck everything else. I I know what's going on." That's that's the kind of you want to cut through the bullshit mm. and not be a midgley. Where you're just like, oh, you need you want to pay me to fucking make a deer? We'll do that, make a deer. Hate that. No deal. No deal. <sighs> anyway, uh, I, I'm gonna. I've I've taken too much time. Thank you for giving me so much time to talk about all my stuff. Would you like a scream mail? Yes, I would. Hmm. Indubitably. Let me pull it up. Ah, oh, there you are. Whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> Whoop, 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 whoop. Ah, I like that. I'm reclaiming my time. I reclaim my time. I'm uh, reclaiming my time. I reclaim my time. I. Everybody was in the Bavarian Illuminati. Give me a break. Washington, they're free. They're all Freemasons. Hmm. Whoop, 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 whoop. (laughs) Uh, let me do another one. We'll do another one. Oh boy! Oh boy! It's Monday for Hog Story. It's also for Behind the Scenes with your <laughs> friend Lavish and your friend Booberry Montana, the apocalyptic asphalt something or other. I don't know. Alrighty. Well, it's Christopher Battles. I just gotta say, every time I go running, anytime like somebody honks their horn because I'm waving the whole entire time and I got a big old stupid grin on my face while I'm running. Every time I see anybody, I'm always waving. But anytime anybody honks the horn or like, or waves or, or whatever, I always just go, woo! 
Christopher oh, Battles. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's Ooh. like uh that's like uh why am I blanking on his name? The the wrestler. Rick Flair, motherfucker. Rick Flair. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yeah, give him the give him the Rick Flair, Christopher Battles. Crucial battles, Bobby. Indubitably. Uh we're gonna hit some intermission now. Uh we got one scream mill left when we come back for the second second half, so you're gonna oh, want to use a few more, yeah. We're gonna need it. You're gonna have to pull out your cell phone. Six one two two six three seven nine 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 is the number that you're gonna have to call. Six one two And we're gonna miss Nodebit, he just quit the green room. Bye, Nodebit. We'll, we'll see him a little later. And also when we get back, holy shit, I got some fucking stories for you, bro. I know, you got so much shit. I better fucking go for a jog. Strap down. Get yourself a cup of coffee. It's going to be hot. be hot. interested in what they say they're interested in. To put it bluntly, they're more interested in something else. Oh, you mean sex. Uh, no, no, no. Yes. 
one thing I wanted to say is um, don't don't be fooled by the internet. Have you heard the good news? It's, it's cool. It's cool to get on the computer, but don't let the computer get on you. She is risen. It's cool. It's cool to use the computer. Don't let the computer use you. You all saw the Matrix. There is a war going on. The battlefields in the mind, and the prize is the soul. So, be careful. Thank you.
did it look like? I don't know. On May what? Now we turn to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, 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 and Lavish, 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 Lavish. Welcome back to second, second half of show for Behind the Schemes. May. Oh my god, it's already May. Fuck. May 2nd, 2022. Yeah, May, May 2nd, 2022. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know the thing. Yeah, the thing. Welcome to second, second half of show. You're listening to Behind the Schemes. We're still on the No Agenda stream. We're still on CurioCaster. We're still on, uh, what was the third one? PodServe. We're on PodServe. That's right. Sorry about that. Like that for, for a hot minute. And, uh, yeah, it's episode 95. You're joining us, second, second half of show. And uh, I think it's time to thank some Freaks of Hazards. Yes, indeed. We had quite a few people come through this week, which we greatly appreciate. Of course, this is a value-for-value production, meaning we're basically public radio at this point, and uh, we love... We are the public radio now. (laughs) We are the public radio now, Uh, (laughs) but we love everyone that uh, comes out and uh, helps support us, whether it be financially or whether it be through song mixes or ISOs or artwork. All of it is uh, greatly appreciated. It all helps contribute to the production that is then sent back out to everybody for free. For free? <laughs> for free, son. There's no paywall. We're not Mm-mm. trying to hustle you. We're just trying to get you the information. And if you find the information valuable to yourself, well, then we invite you to return that value to us in any way, shape, or form that you find appropriate, whether that be through a financial contribution, which you can do through our website, behindtheschemes.com. Or you can just give us a call at 612-263-7999 leave us a voicemail. Or you can uh, just email us. Let us know what you're up to. Feed us a little information, what's going on in your world. You know, this is a group effort. We aren't omnipotent beings. We are merely conduits. <laughs> Male ludes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, don't shoot the messenger. The uh, the first freak that we had, we've already kind of touched on him tonight, but we had Mitch from PodServe uh, help us out in a very cool and very legal way. We are now lit, live item tag enabled in PodServe, so you can listen to the show live every Monday night at 7 30, 8 30, specific, 9 30 central, and 10 30 eastern. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. And yes, I, I feel bad. We are one of the first, if not the first, show that's ever been streamed live on PodServe, and we are very, very grateful. I, I'm ecstatic. Hell this is yeah. awesome. Hell yeah. And thank you very much, Senor Mitch. We had a monthly PayPal donation come through via KS. Now, KS, I need you to confirm for me. I have 
suspicions that you might yes. be fox fur if you could reach out and let us know that way uh we can make sure that the proper um the proper people get represented in the uh in the in the show notes that's right uh it's not often that we have to pull a nick the rat and do the initials uh, but in this situation, we're going to have to do. Ooh, that's a that's a boost. Mm-hmm. Thank you. If you are Foxford, but otherwise, thank you. KS monthly donation of a five hogaroos. Thank you. We uh, just had a boost come through. Oh my god! From Fletcher of Hog Story Phil and Funhole Fandom. Oh, that's a that's a big chunk of sats through yeah. Fountain. This mofo just sent in fifteen thousand sats fifteen thousand sats from sir fletcher of hog story fame and of course from no agenda fame you can find him on many many shows screaming his way to glory and uh, his message reads a thirds of the sats from sunday's five minute limit 14 uh 14,140 sats plus a little extra god damn hell yeah well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. We should note, I don't know if we've mentioned, but Booberry was on with the Hogs with Sir Fletcher and Dame Carolyn Blaney last Sunday following the live No Agenda, possibly the last early morning No Agenda <laughs> that will ever be had. And uh, Booberry uh, was, uh, in my opinion, fantastic. And the whole show was fantastic. I, I, I really enjoyed listening to it on that Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it was fun. We had a lot of good call-ins. Christopher Battles, uh, Widow Garrett. Shout out to Widow Garrett. Widow Garrett called in. Man, big sh- Widow Garrett, if you're listening, gosh. <laughs> big shout out to Widow Garrett, man, calling in. We, if you want to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. That's just us. Yeah, Pfeiffer was there. We were talking about <laughs> impaling Reverend, Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. Conversation, deep conversation about... <laughs> <laughs> impaling squirrels in the front Fiber yard. Fiber came in strong. I, yeah. I like the, the squirrel Vlad the Impaler scenario. Yeah. That's a, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Widow Garrett is, is a boss, police dude. And Billy Bones is right. Boobs is a pro. Oh, thank y'all. And, uh, and gosh, I love those hogs. If you don't listen to Hog Story, what the heck are you doing? Every Monday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then and then some. Usually they're playing a little this, a little that. And then even on the passive stream, even when they're not on, they're playing some of the finest jazz music that you will ever that you will ever come across. So please. It's please more come. jazz than you could shake a morphine addiction at. Oh really? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what you know what you think jazz is built on, my friend, but <laughs> Let's just say it's the needle and the damage done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna have to take a shower after this one tonight. Uh, another one? I know. Uh, double uh, double thought came in this week with three dollars and thirty three cents, and uh, I realized that we don't often talk about his newsletter. Yes. If you go to doublethoughtdimension.com, you can sign up for a newsletter which he sends out monthly. And I would highly mm-hmm. recommend uh, everybody check it out. Yes. It's another value for value production featured on no agenda stream. That's right. It takes a village and by God, we've got one. <laughs> one of the best members of it is a senior Derek with double thought.com. You can find his podcast and his newsletter. 
It's fantastic. We we might be reconnecting to do uh, that last Gravesig show in May. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, Booberry went to a punk show with Double Thought and his uh, brother, brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, yeah. Brother-in-law. Yep. And uh, had a great time. So It was cool. Yeah. You can check out last week's show notes if you want to see some pictures from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did get an interesting email from No Beret. He was asking if Adam Curry had been on the show talking flat earth stuff with us, and I was, unfortunately, I said, sadly, no. <laughs> no, uh, we've just done the one flat earth episode. And that was with uh, the Flat Earth Gentleman, Flat Earth Steve. And the, um, yeah, he, uh, I am kind of curious what show it was. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, I am curious what show it was. And, uh, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I had a talk with Junta earlier, and he said that he sent in a boost to Adam with, I think it was through Podcasting 2.0, and he, or maybe sent him an email something and said that he should come on to behind the schemes oh oh my well episode 100's coming up soon <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't hold my breath for it but it's really it's very sweet that people are are uh, making the effort in our stead so that's that means a lot that's that is producing right there hell yeah <laughs> hey get enough sound uh, maybe we'll get to that grimerica level where he'll be like man i been meaning to go on them for years. We're, we're trying to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> Game set match. Let's go. I like it. <laughs> Lord knows you know, the only only the big dogs get Adam. Like Hog Story got Adam, and his Hog Stories contributed fantastic value to the No Agenda show, and so is Booberry. I mean, if if I'm not going to claim as much Booberry, if if no if Adam knew how much shit Booberry did, he would probably care more. If you knew about Love is Lit, Love is Lit, to me, is a Booberry invention. The Live is Lit was pretty close, too. Live is Lit. It's one letter removed. (laughs) And as far as Podcasting 2.0 is concerned, I think Booberry is a a stalwart figure to have in the scene. And uh, I merely follow in the footsteps. I'm a soldier. I do what I'm told. uh, Because I think it's worth it. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, Uber will text me in the morning, be like, "What do you think about this?" I'm like, "I have no idea, but it looks great." <laughs> Seven a.m. Rise and shine, motherfucker. I'm kidding. Some days like, we're going to be live on this other thing. I'm like, "Cool, great." Some days I don't even fucking <laughs> wake up till two. <laughs> yeah, in the morning. C Dubs boosting two one 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 saying boost bot. Yes, if you are on the Mastodons, you have to go to social.v4v.dev slash at boostbot. On the Mastodons, C-Dubs has a bot out there that will tweet, or sorry, toot out the boostergrams that are sent through various shows. Hog Story does it, we do it, Bowl After Bowl does it. I'm not sure if Rare Encounter does it. I'd have to check. Um, They will. It's a uh, it's a cool little thing. Uh, that was another another one that um, turned Adam on to last week. I was uh, tooting around on podcastindex.social I'm talking about the boost spot, and they ended up uh, 
installing it like within the hour and then CDOs and servo and cotton gin, I think it was. We're working on getting the boost IRC bot installed in the uh hashtag podcasting two point oh room. Mm. Or hashtag, hashtag what is it? Podcasting two oh. No point. Oh. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, yeah. Check that bot out at Boostbot. It it's worth it. There's so much going on. It's it's fascinating how much is going on all the time. If if you think nothing's going on, you're not here. <laughs> Speaking of something that's here, <laughs> get an email from JB, and I didn't immediately recognize the name. So if this was the first time, nice to meet you, JB. If not, my apologies. But they sent an email saying, just finished listening to the furry segment of the latest show and the pondering about Ukrainian furries. It turns out, there seems to be a strong furry community there. Ukrainian Fur Force International is one of their social handles. I have no idea if the attached image is legitimate, but who knows these days? See, this ties into the, the waifu shit that we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. I think. It, it ties into this weird anime fetishization of war that has come out of the of, of just the times that we're in. You know what I mean? This is the only way it was going to happen. This is the only way. The only road we were going to go down was this road. <laughs> we all knew it was coming. It all had to come to this. Furries, anime. This is the Demiurge's plan. Yeah. Speaking of which, we have Le Demiurge in the chat. <laughs> what up? <laughs> Fuck that guy, man. <laughs> Demiurge. God damn you. That guy Ever sucks since my- we got into Gnosticism, you know, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> that guy sucks my life force. Fucking blows. God. Quit denying us the Christ principle, bro. <laughs> uh, but I'm looking at this photo that uh, JB sent along with the email, and it seems to be a person in a... Mm, I'm going to go with turtle. I think it's a turtle. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure. Jury is still out. Holding a, a little printout of the Ukrainian flag saying, Putin, fuck you. And below it <laughs> is a text message. Up above, I should say, there's a pin tweet saying, Our people are in danger like never before. And uh, the caption here on this <laughs> photo. Fur Force admin here. It's time I reveal myself. I have served in the Ukrainian army for nearly five years now, and I have been a proud furry since birth. My fursona identity is just as important to me as my love for Ukraine and my people. Under special permission from my CO, I have been granted the ability to fight the invaders wearing my fur mask. All right. I have one thing to say about this. Don't kink shame. I won't. I won't. We don't kink shame on this show. That's right. But. But. Not a but, actually. Aside from not king shaming anyone, but fursona, <laughs> fuck you! Come on, man. My fursona, my fursona. Do do do. What do, in do, the do, actual do, do. fuck? As a normal, rational individual, am I supposed to do with the that? Am I supposed to accept that? Are people supposed to accept that? I don't think it was a question that you wouldn't. What, is it a question that you would? Hey, Booberry. <laughs> yes, lavish. My persona. 
My persona. My persona. <laughs> my defenses are impenetrable. Impreg- impregnable. <sighs> Tell you what, that persona is going to try to impregnate you. Hell yeah. Fucking degenerate. Jesus Doggy Christ. Style. Doggy dick in you. Bubble, bubble, bomb, 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 bomb. Raw dog. <laughs> Mr. Hands. Persona. God damn it. Just, it's just another chip from everything. Persona. It's just the worst thing I've heard all, probably all week. It's a, it's a reality crafting word. I will give him that. I just, there's something about that word that I hate so much because it's a, it's a pun and I am a fan of puns. And that's just so awful. So mm. thank you. Thank you very much, JB, for sending that in. <laughs> And for uh, irating my ire. <laughs> Not only is this the content you deserve, this is the content we desire. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Persona. God damn it. I hate, I hate. This is why we do the show. This is why, this is just fuel for the fire. This is why we do the show. Because just, this is awful. So anyway, uh, th- th- there we go. We'll, we'll just move on from that. I would like to also thank Junta, Senor Junta, for a bunch of really cool tanky ISOs that he clipped from some World War II footy. It's very cool, very legal. And uh, Do you want to run through just a couple of them real quick? Please, I would love to. Some of them are really, I mean, they're all great, but some of them are gold. And- Brother, I'm telling you, you're a dead duck. Brother, they ain't cream puffs. Brother, they are strong. Carries a lot of firepower. Get this. Look out there, soldier. Rip you up. Smash through you. I'm a tanker myself, and I ought to know. We're a hell of a good outfit. We gotta plow through. <laughs> They're we pretty tough, brother. <laughs> they ain't no cream puffs, brother. There ain't no cream. A battlefield is a hell of a big place. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. You're wrong, see? Oh, you're classic. wrong, see? See, you're wrong. You're wrong. That takes guts. Guts. <laughs> so it's a, a man nervous. It's a it's a tanker's uh, like uh, instructionary video, I think, mm. or an anti tanker's, from what I can tell. And that when I first heard it, I thought it was from the World War II training film for U.S. soldiers on how to behave in Britain, uh, which is a pretty. Fa- it's like it's one of my favorite World War II videos where an American soldier, it's Sturgis, he goes into. Uh, a pub in England, and he's like, "This is how an American should behave in an English pub," <laughs> which is like <laughs> beat so everybody's ass. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's like, "This is how you shouldn't behave," and he goes up to a Scotsman, and he's like, "Nice skirt, bitch." <laughs> you ever seen a movie called The uh, Quiet Man with John Wayne? Quiet Man with John Wayne? Yeah. Quiet Man, classic. John Wayne, an American, moves to Ireland. No, I've not seen this. Mm. Well worth it. It's got. Damn, it's got. It's going those, on the list. It gets. It gets. It gets one of those. Uh, they live fight accolades uh, for an expertly staged fight choreography. Good. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. I'm glad. Did you? Did we talk about this, or did you already know that 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 they live has one of the oh, best yeah. fight scenes of oh, all yeah. time? Oh yeah. That's that's. <laughs> BTS 101. You got to put on yeah. these glasses. <laughs> the, or start eating a trash maybe, can. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to dox myself a little bit, but I I do have uh extensive stage combat training. 
hell yeah. And I can tell you that that fight is really well done. Yep. Really well done. They did it themselves. They choreographed it all. Where's the movie list is police deed? The movie list is, is uh it's in my personal archive. I, I should we should probably find a way to post it on the website or something. I mean shit, we can just make a sub stack out of it. <laughs> Black belt and stage combat says Judah. <laughs> That's how I feel. I did have just a- years and years of, of doing that shit. And it's like, yeah, I, I know how to not kill you. <laughs> I uh I did have one technical thing about the uh the ISO's tune so they need almost like a a quarter of a second um buffer on the ends like uh oh, what the hell you know, it's cuz the L gets oh, what the hell and sometimes when you clip them it it makes like this really uh abrupt cutoff and I can always kind of taper the ends down to to make the the fade out a little smoother just some technical stuff yeah but i greatly appreciate i went and i made a whole fucking board out of it called tank now tank you're not superman you're not (laughs) superman i think now i have to clip my my thing that i just talked about we're just gonna get a bunch of world war ii stuff going i like it i'm okay with that and uh I love talking to Junta about this stuff because he actually has some experience in the field and that sort of thing. And I was talking to him about the Civil War book as well. Very, very great source. Thank you, Junta. God damn it. I, that guy's great. We've had a lot of military men on this show. Uh, we have. Tunsa, Double Thought. Um, you weren't here for this, but way back in the early days, uh, Patrick O'Kelly and uh, Cadaver Eater is a friend of mine. Mm. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's so yeah. It's always good to talk to these guys, especially when if you're like me and you just read about this shit all the time. No doubt. Uh, it's it's good to know. The thank uh, you. We had a a new freak, I believe, a fresh freak, Reverend Doctor Pfeiffer, uh, fresh Reverend Doctor, Reverend Doctor. Thank you. I think in in terms of um. What's the word I'm looking for? PayPal donations. I know he was boosting us a little earlier today. Uh, but mm-hmm. he said, let's see. Oh, no, this is, that was not his first boost. Ah, check it out. His first boost was March 27th of 2022. But he sent us an inversion of $9.99. I <laughs> fucked it up in the notes. It was not 666. It was, in fact, $9.00. And ninety nine cents, nine nine nine. The true six six six. The reverse six six six. There you go. Oh, we appreciate that. Thank you. This Thank you so all, much. all up into that uh, Jack Parsons and Crowleyism. Hell yeah, Reverend knows some shit. It's good. To, this is this is what we like. This is why the producership and the value for value stuff works. These people know stuff too. They don't come in cold. Mm-mm. We're all very well educated folk. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone that listens to this show would make Benjamin Franklin proud. Ideally, yes. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we can only plead at the grave of Ben Franklin. Please Quick, bring that. me French hookers. <laughs> <laughs> and a turkey. <laughs> and my kite. <laughs> I, I heard you, I think it was on the hogs, you made the turkey reference, and I cracked the fuck up. Oh, hell yeah. Talking about the turkey being the national bird. 
It's like, man, that's that's some behind the scheme shit right there. It could have been, man. <laughs> it could have been. Could have been. We uh, definitely want to thank Make Heroism. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, Ben Rose real quick. Uh, but thank you, Make Heroism. Thank you, everybody else. I'll be right back. Make Heroism sent us that banger of a track. He uh, he made up that little tune that we featured at the end end of the intermission. Uh, really appreciate that. He's got another one that we'll either get in next week or the week after. Um, Make Heroism, of course, is famous for such ditties as the uh, the scream metal jingle, and of course, oh god, I wish I, I should just go ahead and make a board up of it. Oh, too too long, couldn't find it. But uh, we appreciate it. Make Heroism, MK Ultra, they're always sending us cool stuff in. Well, we're going to suck at sale. We appreciate that. We appreciate everybody that came out and helped support this production tonight. Uh, it's all tremendous. We greatly appreciate it. Couldn't do it with it without y'all. Wouldn't want to do it without y'all. And, uh, yeah, just um, thank you again. Money, money, making money, making money, making money, making money. Everyone donated money. lavishly. Uh. Are you getting what you paid for? I did it. <laughs> you get what you paid for. Again, nice work. You I, did it. I'm super happy with this one. Uh, money, money, making money, making money, making money, making money, making money. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, believe- uh, it's highly appreciated. All the contributions in every way. We, we're so thankful. It's the reason why the show works. And yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to do a uh, quick scream mail here, and then uh, we're going to get into my topics. All right. Uh, which one was it? I think it was this one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that was hot. Well, welcome to the episode where we start screening calls. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Uh-oh. That's a... <laughs> well, all I can say is, thank God you're here, Lavish. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, I'm part... I'm part caller, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever the caller does, it's okay, I'm part caller. Yes. Indeed. And yes, that was very, very tastefully <laughs> untasteful. So thank you very much, caller. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it could taste any less. This guy obviously doesn't know the difference between northern and southern style, so that's that's on you. Uh, and if you want to give us another call, you can give us a call at 612-263-7999, and you can uh, top off the evening uh, once we get into some second, second half of show stuff. If you still want to get on the voicemail line, you still can. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. We got time. Um, I, how are you feeling about this, uh, Celtic spread that Adam did? Do you, you want to still dive into that? Uh, sure. If you, if you would like to, it wouldn't draw away. Cause I know you have a lot to cover tonight. And, mm, uh, I guess we could, we could save it for, Oh, we do have uh melodious owls, AKA Tom Starkweather joining us next week. Maybe he would be interested in sitting in on that. Uh, and, do, and do the reading there. Yeah. Okay. If if you if you don't think it's an immediate thing, mm. if we, if you think we can sit on it for a week, I, I think so. Okay. I okay. Think so. 
Okay. Because uh, some of this other stuff, it's a little, <laughs> a little overboard. Um, yeah, Booberry went overboard because, you know, it never does that. And It's, uh, it's time-sensitive information, man. Um, <laughs> but to clarify, Adam Curry did come through the chat. He drew a Celtic spread. And uh, like the weirdos we are, we saved it and we analyzed it. And we are going to dissect it, I suppose, next week with Derek. Yes. No, with uh, Tom. With Tom. Not Derek. Dumb. Dumbass. Uh, not Derek of DoubleThoughtDimension.com, but Tom Starkweather, Melodious Owls, who is uh, a fantastic member of the Noah Channel community and has contributed clips, art, all kinds of things. Yep. Get excited. It'll be a good time. Yes. I, uh, I want to wet your whistle a little bit because I got a, I got a, <laughs> I got a story from last week that we, uh, that I didn't get to. Um, but it's just so strange that I can't possibly bear to pass on it again. Uh, how do you feel about cryogenics? You want to get your body frozen so that at some point in the future you can get revived? Uh, heartbeat in a heartbeat. Oh, hell yeah. Flash freeze me. Wow. All yes. right. Yes. And uh, if you had the choice, where would you like to be flash frozen at? I know uh, the USA, where? of course, is of course uh, is a popular destination, but um, the all of the United States. This is the this is the option between the United States and like what another country. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, maybe you could defect to Russia and get frozen there. No, 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 no. Well, no, no. no. If you did choose... I would only be Flash Frozen by Johns Hopkins. Uh-huh. That's fair. The, uh... <laughs> well, if you were cryogenically frozen in Russia, you might have encountered a little bit of a problem because one of the Russian-based cryonics companies, uh, Cryorus, uh, two of the co-founders are battling over dozens of frozen brains. This past September, one of the original founders attempted to steal uh, frozen remains after a disagreement with her, quote, husband, uh, Danila Medvedev. That name will be important later. Uh, They were just partners. They weren't legally married. That's the last name of the the second uh, lieutenant to uh, Putin. Oh, interesting. The guy that he trades presidencies with. Oh. Just so you know. Please continue. Well, there might be a connection. We'll see. Well, there's uh, at least a familial prestigiousness with the name. It was a, uh, it turns out it was a he said, she said situation because both of them are claiming ownership over the bodies. And after splitting off and founding her own company, uh, she came back to Cryorus. Uh, this is uh, Valera, Valera Udalov. Uh, she returned back to Cryorus where the bodies were stored, cut through a metal wall, and loaded up the Dewar tanks onto a truck <laughs> where she was stopped she used by a sawzall? Cops. I guess so. Some sort of metal saw. Yeah, yeah, the sawzall will do it, man. No. Uh, both sides now argue that they are the rightful owner of 50 frozen brains and 26 frozen bodies, according to the <laughs> Daily Beast. <laughs> what was her name? Abby? Abby, we have questions. <laughs> Abby Normal? Mm. Wait, what? Interesting. Yeah, that that was a uh, young Frankenstein. Oh. And he goes, "What name? What brain did you grab?" I don't remember. Her name was Abby something. Abby Normal. 
Both sides argue, yeah, they're the rightful owner of uh, 50 frozen brains and 26 frozen bodies. Wow, that's, that's quite the claim. The uh, Futurism reached out to Udalov uh, to ask her about the September heist last year. She described the move as entirely necessary for her business. Um, <laughs> the Dewar tanks were almost full, but the demand is growing, she told Futurism at the time. <laughs> Uh, the bodies were. I'm sure it is. Demand is always growing. There's yeah. more bodies to to freeze. So you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, Med Med Medvedev is uh, accusing her of damaging the tanks. So there's a good chance that Medvedev 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 Servo will tell us. The uh, some of the brains are still missing. So I guess she didn't return all of them. But uh, at this point, they probably turned to mush because they warmed up. Not yeah, you thing. can't let that shit. Yeah, that's that, that shit goes bad real fast. Yes, and turns out uh, Bloomberg actually did a piece about CryoRust from a few years ago, and they have very very interesting things to say. What sort of ism do you think drives a cryonics company like CryoRust? What about ism? What about them? <laughs> they they don't they freeze brains. We're gonna freeze brains, right? No. Survey says, what about isms? Oh, I got it. The person and its brain uh, is the same. We are our brain. And we need to preserve it for uh, decades and maybe for hundreds of years. I do not believe that cryonics will work. Uh, But I do not believe that it will not work. We have to operate in this gray zone. Real transhumanism is not built on hope. Transhumanism is built on uh, suffering, breaking yourself in the process, and rebuilding yourself. Time has come for people to accept that uh, death is no longer about just dying and being buried in the ground, but it's really about choice. It's amazing that choice comes into play when you're freezing your body. <laughs> I like how being buried in the ground is part of it. What if I don't want to be buried in the ground? That's very culturally insensitive. Mm. But yes, it's a, this is a transhumanist organization. I guess I never really put the two together, but it would make sense that people that are into cryogenics would be transhumanists. Yes, right. Because it would make sense. You're, you're There's overlapping to, circles, right? Mm, it's a Venn diagram, as they as they say, as they say in, in elementary school and on Mastodon. I've heard <laughs> <laughs> very slim, th- thin line, you know. Slim line. Uh, uh, so this uh, this next clip gets into a little bit about the actual company. It talks about uh, what options you might find in the U.S. versus Russia. This is how to uh, cheat death and freeze time. In Russia, too. What is the singularity? (laughs) The patients in cryonic storage here sign a contract with a company called Cryorus that's in force until the end of time. End of time. At least until the singularity comes. So what is the singularity? Well, every day we're building smarter and smarter machines faster and faster. At some point, they're going to catch up with us. That moment is the singularity. The transhumanist movement can't wait for it to come. 
for us to reach the point where we can upload our brains to computers and live in harmony with machines. <laughs> Wrong. It's inside these two tanks where Cryorus has a mix of humans and animals. For $30,000, you can have your whole body stored. Your feet are placed up top, and your head ends up down here where it's coolest. For half that price, you can store just your head. Cryorus has actually had quite a few takers for its service. In here, there are 30 heads, 20 bodies, 6 dogs, 3 cats, a hummingbird, and a chinchilla. Yeah, right, douche. Yeah, I wonder how much uh, somebody paid to cryogenically freeze a hummingbird. It's interesting. This reminds me so much of mummies in ancient Egypt. Ancient mm. Egypt. Fuck ancient Egypt. Mm. This yeah. is it. This is what they did. They mm-hmm. were like, hey, I have an inordinate amount of money compared to the, the regular person. I'm going to mummify my hummingbird so that it goes with me into the afterlife. I'm also going to mummify my head and my hands. And so I'll live forever in perpetuity. Cryogenic freezing is the modern mummification. It's very astute. I like that. I like that a lot. It's very sciencey too. Making mummies was incredibly sciencey. It was it was so sciencey that we don't know how they did it. <laughs> Like we have, oh, they use herbs and it's like, we don't really know. It's just like this. We don't really know. It's just like the pyramids. If the pyramids of Giza did not exist, people would not, and and say, say that they did exist and then they didn't. And somebody wrote down that they existed and they described the dimensions and they described everything about the pyramids and we read about it. We wouldn't believe that it existed because we'd be like, there's no way, there's no way that they could do that. You know, that's a, that that's a, a myth. Made up. Sounds a little made up. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's fake. It's super fake. What are you talking about? It's perfect. It's been around for thousands of years. They carried fucking limestone blocks 500 miles up the Nile River. Like you know, the whole thing is so fantastic, and and people wouldn't imagine that it happened. And just in the same way that they couldn't imagine that we are doing what we're doing with cryogenics. But the problem with cryogenics is that it relies on electricity. You cannot, it it only works if the power is running. If the power is not running, it's over. It's going to get real mushy real fast. Yeah, it's over. I feel like there are a lot of sci-fi movies that start with that. If not with the cryogenics, at least with the hibernation pod, right? Where the power runs out or some emergency happens, and these people that are in cryogenics or they're in a uh, hibernation pod they're forced to awaken because of the emergency. Yeah, that's what happened in fucking Alien. Alien? Mm-hmm. That's what happened. It happens in a lot of video games are out there. Neo Scavenger, a lot of different games. It's just like, yeah, you wake up. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Um, yeah, this is, this is what I think. And with the hands and with the pets and all that shit, because that's what they did. The, 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 the kings and the guys that we know about from history, they would... They would take slaves and whole fucking chariots and bury it with them. But normal people who are just wealthy merchants or they were associates with the aristocracy or the oligarchs, as they call them nowadays, they they would mummify their hands and their heads and their birds and their cats and their you know, whatever, whatever they could afford to do. Because it was a very scientific process, just like this is. Hmm. 
But instead of requiring technology and electricity and, and monitoring, back then it required a collection of, of certain substances that were very rare and a, a certain people that had, a, you could call it technology, but it was a skill, it was a science, it was an art that they had developed. It's yeah. an art, it's a science. <laughs> yeah, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, you know. Uh, yeah. This, this, I don't know why this is sticking out to me like this, but it is. I think you're with me on this. I think you might dig this next clip that I got. Uh, I should take a pause here. Uh, I really appreciated the symbol or the the illustrations that they showed in the video talking about the singularity. Pictures posted in the section. Oh man! In the show notes. that. Yeah, yeah, that's so big. Eye of Providence, all seeing eye. They know, Which is man. another variation of they the demiurge, know. by the way. Yeah. The AI. Uh, being God instead of God being God. The uh, some of the because this video was filmed in Russia. Some of the video is subbed for the native Russian that is spoke. Uh, I translated a couple of them. Uh, one of the dudes speaking, the second guy that was in that clip talking about being transhumanist. That's Danila. That's the dude from Cryorus. I got robbed allegedly. Um. But he had this quote, uh, let's see, what do they want? Eternal life, omnipotence, and a safe singularity. I actually took a screenshot of the safe singularities, so you know I'm not making it up. (laughs) I know you're not making it up. Whatever safe singularity means. Uh, Quote, (laughs) for transhumanists, this goal is entirely practical. They started their journey back in 2000, and uh, here is a little history about the transhumanist movement. When it comes to prognostication, the Russians had a head start. In the 19th century, back when czars still ruled the Russian Empire, a reclusive bookworm named Nikolai Fyodorov was the first transhumanist. He wrote that humans would go to space and colonize other planets. We'd steer our own evolution with technology, and yes, live forever. He suggested that uh, humanity uh, will destroy itself unless uh, there is a common project that unites it. And the best project he he could come up with was to defeat death. The little known in his time, Fyodorov's influence spread through Russian culture. He was pen pals with Dostoevsky and Tolstoy. Later, his writing inspired a movement called Cosmism. Lenin led the Bolsheviks to revolution with the Cosmists' utopian vision of the future in mind. When the space race started, their ideas went mainstream, and the Soviet Union used them to stake their claim in space. Many Russians are romantic, more Russians than, say, uh, Americans. And uh, they have a kind of a romantic attitude to science. There was a kind of uh, cult of science uh, in Soviet Union. Humans going to be gods, not gods of religion, but gods of science and technology. Well, it's interesting that we both brought a sciencey story for tonight. Yeah, must be on the mind. Wait, does that mean that we have to cancel the transhumanist movement? We will not cancel the transhumanist movement. Are you sure? Because it sounds like they're pretty Russian. Uh, yeah. Well, you know who funded Russia. In the beginning? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't tell me it's not true. Oh, no. They put... Who put Lenin on a train? From where? 
Oh my no, don't oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> yes, this is true. Oh, yes. Oh my you goodness. Will. Oh, oh yes. No. Wow. wow. This is very true, yes. <laughs> oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh my. Groovy. Oh my. <laughs> Eek. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Very good, very good. Um so so yeah, the uh, I did not realize that the transhumanist movement was uh birthed in Russia and well, it seems according it, to it, this thing. Yeah, and it makes it does it would make sense that there is some more Saturny type connections, you know, the communist regime, the communist mindset is very Saturniny, Saturniny, Saturnian, Saturnian in nature. We've discussed this at length before. Uh, it's just another yeah. another notch in the uh, in the old pole, there, in my opinion. Uh, it's we- another badge on the on the Saturnian. Boy Scout vest. Mm, ooh. Okay, now you got me pining for that. <laughs> uh, this next clip gets into more, more or less what the 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 core beliefs of the group are, or I should say, the core beliefs of Danila. He had some fairly interesting and funny things to say. Transhumanism is about self control. We should strive to be perfect in every way. Food is uh, is horrible. And we have some projects uh, uh, in the Russian transhumanist movement to actually get rid of food. Sex is really overrated. And uh, once we move from this biological uh, existence to a more machine-like existence, uh, we'll forget about sex uh, very quickly. In humans today, love is essentially an addiction. Do you love your wife? Yes, I do love my wife, but I realize it's really extremely dangerous uh, because uh, love is unpredictable. She might rob and, you. Uh, just one step from love is hatred. If we can fix that, uh, it doesn't really matter that we become a different species. What matters is uh, we can finally be happy, productive, creative. We can control what we want to do. You'll have no sex and be happy. Sounds fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, the video is well worth a check out. These seminars that he's given, it's very incredibly culty. <laughs> like, uh, I got more pictures. Uh, the, the caption was, by show of hands, who would like to live a long time, 500 years or more? And then the next image is a bunch of everyone in the room raising their hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. There's, uh, there's a good night, Billy Bones. Have, so. have a good night, everybody. Um, oh my God, five hundred years. Do they even realize? Do they even know? Do yeah, they even realize? During these speed, the, during during the seminar, he's talking about uh, using or researching nanotechnology, defending humanity from an unfriendly AI, and uh, basically, uh, what did I say? Basically, everything everyone needs for a bright future. Um, there's also a, like a, I thought it was a fairly graphic body modification scene where they implants a chip into this dude. Who's all about the living, the cyber life. He's got like, he's cybering away. 
dude, he's got like some sort of headband that's uh, sending him electrical pulses and uh, wearing the VR now that's glasses. That's transhumanism. Oh, that's dude. that's going to be the first l- level of it. Well, they end up implanting a bank chip into his fucking hand on the top of his uh, top of his hand, and he's you know d- using the tap feature at uh, at a little credit card reader at the supermarket. <sighs> So you can just like wave at the card reader or something. Oh yeah, something like that. that's yeah. that's not. Oh, dude, but that and- is the road. That's the that's the way we're going. I mean, we're gonna live. We're gonna live in that time where we're gonna say that that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you were a fucking lunatic suggesting things like this? Remember when you didn't have a credit card in your butthole? You didn't have to just like slide your butthole across <laughs> every every time you went to the store, and they were like, oh. Is this all you need? Just some cereal and some milk? Great. Show me your butthole. Like, okay, great. Here's my butthole. They're like, great. Let me just scan this real quick. Okay, great. Okay. Here's your thing. Good to go. You got to show me proof like, of butthole? Whoa, would you really? Your butthole doesn't have enough rings. You're not 21. <laughs> yeah. The fucking assholes, and I mean that very literally, uh, this is the direction we're moving in. Well, this last clip, and then we'll, we'll say goodbye and goodnight to Danila. Um, he hasn't really talked about who he would like to see in this uh, glorious new dawn of man on the wheels of transhumanism into a very bright future. Uh... <laughs> This is How to Cheat Death and Freeze Time in Russia 5, The Big Club. I don't really uh, want to replace uh, humanity with post-humanity. I mean, like other people, I want everybody to be happy, but I don't want everybody to be post-human. I want myself to do that, my friends to do that, uh, maybe thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands. I don't want everybody to believe that there will be utopia which I build for you. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, don't hope for that. As for me, I'm not afraid of death. Death uh, is nothing, and there is no reason to be afraid of nothing. But I'm very curious. I want to see with my own eyes uh, what will be in, uh, in hundred years, in thousand years. Maybe it will be for good, maybe it will be uh, for bad. But uh, in no case, it will be dull. Dull. That's what he said there at the end. Dull? Dull, yeah. yeah. Kind of tough to tell what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. it's the... It's that fucking music bed shit. The music bed's... Yeah. No, but this is some serious shit he's talking about there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did have one for that. I think I would give my left nut for that music bed that, that they use for this. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I, I was really just focusing on Danila. He was talking in the first part about that, uh, in the first part of that clip, the last one. Um, but I did like, uh, I did like the first half of what the dude closed on. I just, I thought it was a interesting perspective, but, uh, you know, honestly, I, I don't really have any interest in what happens a hundred years from now, you know, because if what I'm guessing turns out to be more or less accurate, 
I'll probably just be living all through it all over again in a different form. Uh, the reincarnation route. Mm-hmm. So why do I got to worry about sticking around for something that's already going to happen? I, I like that perspective. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, tough to think that when you're gone, you're gone. Probably come back to something else. But, mm. uh, I mean, if I'm wrong, well, what was the damage, you know? <laughs> truly, truly. That is the, you know, that's the first rule. Mind is the all. Well, that's what I, uh, that's what I had for the Russian what? brain heist. <laughs> this guy, I mean, the idea of, of a computer is, is pretty far gone. I, th- I think that it goes way back, not far gone. Like, there's a guy, I forget the name of the guy, but there's a guy who came up with the idea of a machine that would develop, like, what we consider electronic music or noise music, or not even electronic music, but just noise music, where a guy created a box that did all these different kinds of things, and and he made it harmonic, and, and it was a machine, but it was before. And it, you think of it like a steampunk Bane, mm-hmm. you know, like that's that's kind of the the vibe you get sometimes with this stuff. Like somebody who thought of a computer way before Alan Turing, you know, and before you know, kind of the development of the computer as we know it, right? Especially the personal computer. It's crazy shit, man. I and uh, then combining it, and and Elon Musk is all about this shit too. <laughs> we should we should cancel. We should cancel. Elon, because he's a transhumanist, and transhumanists are Russians. It makes sense. It it's it surely makes sense. Okay. I mean, if anyone was going to be transhumanist first, let's be real, be the Russians. They they'd go for it. They'd love it. They you'd love it. They'd love it. Uh, Elon is a robot. Indubitably. Mm. He he lived on one dollar a day for years, until he made it with PayPal. Not for years, but for a little bit. And uh, you know, these things progress as they go. These guys. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my eye out, see what else happens with Dylanella. I wonder if his uh, if they wouldn't have had that nasty. issue go down if maybe they had had a little more sex i think that's my final thought on that (laughs) that's the answer to most problems actually yeah i'm i'm not a scientist but but you might as well be i am a working man oh lordy all right we have to get to the steak for tonight and hopefully we don't have to eat it too fast but we'll see we're gonna we're going to pace it out. I learned about something very interesting last week. And this uh, kind of took place in your neck of the woods. And by neck of the woods, I mean the West Coast. The bereft coast. Yes, yes. It's a very strange story indeed. <laughs> this is... You tell. This is... Uh, what we're about to discuss is a man by the name of Val Brokeschmidt. And Val Brokeschmidt, Val Brokeschmidt, he was found this past week. Here's my first clip. 
Mystery in El Sereno. A federal informant has been found dead on the grounds of Woodrow Wilson High School. The family of 45-year-old Valentin Brooksmith had reported him missing to the LAPD. He was last seen on April 6th at Griffith Park driving a red Mini Cooper. Woodrow Wilson High School police say they have no video or evidence that shows him coming onto campus, so they don't know how long his body has been there. There's no word yet from the coroner on the cause of death. Brooksmith reportedly worked with the feds investigating Deutsche Bank and its ties with former President Trump. There's going to be a lot of uh, Bank. anti anti Trump sentiment throughout this. He was a is a very staunch anti Trumper, and everybody that he worked with, including the likes of Wall Street Journal, New York Times, so on and so forth. Okay, he was fighting the good fight, as they say. Uh, but yes, <laughs> uh, this gentleman disappeared last year, April six, and uh, it was. <laughs> Such a strange story. His girlfriend found his car uh, with the keys still in the ignition. Uh, Val kind of came to fame back in 2014 when his father, William Brokesmith, who was a high-level executive for the Deutsche Bank, uh, he committed suicide. And um, after that, Val ended up with a treasure trove of emails and documents all related to the inner workings of Deutsche Bank, so on and so forth. So he through an inheritance thing. No, he just uh, the which one was it? I think it was the uh, it was either the C, it was the interview that I have listed here that was Dan David Enrich, who was the New York Times writer. Um, he talks about Val checking out his dad's computer after his death and realizing that. All of the emails were still logged in, but the emails were saved in like fucking Yahoo email and Gmail and shit, not emails directly associated with Deutsche Bank servers, right? Hmm. Which is which is a little weird, you know. Work sure. work emails are not that uncommon. But he's just peeping into it though. He's, he's he's on the computer. He's looking at the stuff. Yeah, and like <clears throat> it's a uh, his father's suicide was uh it was very hmm, I don't want to sound callous but it was kind of memey because uh, you know there was the scattered pile of documents that he must have been holding in his hand when he you know finally tied the red red dog leash I mean that's a fucking red scarf right Kate Spade um, Ooh this is sounding very very smelly dude so yeah, I mean documents spread a boat it, and a dog a red dog leash. Yeah, all of That's, the all of the the notes written to his family members were left in the dog bed arranged in some pattern or not pattern but you know uh, arranged. This sounds very very fishy. So yeah. Uh so that was his <laughs> oddly enough that was his first claim to fame. We'll we'll get to the second one in a little bit. Um cuz I want to Talk about his actual death. Uh, as the clip stated, he was found at the Woodrow Wilson High School in El Sereno on April Woodrow 25th. Uh, <laughs> that's a little synchronistic. Um, police said that there was no video of him arriving on campus, uh, of course, which um, knowing a little bit about how those cameras work, I could see that because a lot of the times, like if you move fast enough or the lighting is low enough, you have the cameras aren't picking up every anything because you know there's like a five second buffer before it refreshes. 
So unless he ran through the hallways at 6.40 a.m. is when they found him. Um, at, a, at a rapid speed, the camera couldn't pick up. Yeah. And this is a school morning, so you got students showing up. It was a custodial uh, custodial that found him. Um, <laughs> I actually got a couple of pictures of uh, its YouTube comments for the CBS video that we just played. Um, there's an interesting thread linked into people dissecting these comments specifically and the people associated with them. In a nutshell, I can sum it up and say that uh, these these folks believe that the person commenting on this video that is highlighted in these pictures is actually some sort of spook who is trying to get messaging out. And that's based off of a lot of uh, deconstruction on uh, old usernames that this user used to have. Uh, For example, they're called just a kid who likes coffee, but they had just changed their name from uh, typical underscore lolly, I think was it was what they used to be. Yeah. And. um, Yeah, (laughs) in these comments, this uh, this person goes to the school, allegedly, and they said that, uh, you know, as the kids were showing up, they they were they just fucking power washed the crime scene, not crime scene, but the, you know, the the custodian finds this person, Mm -hmm. which is alone. I mean, imagine being that custodian. If if it's if that person wasn't part of the uh, charade, who was this? You know, finding a body who allegedly had been missing for a year, even though they had tweets over that time frame. Nobody goes missing for a year. Credit cards exist. No one goes missing, especially a fucking informant. I mean, come on. No, especially an informant. Well, that's that's. I mean, that goes beyond it. But even just at a basic level, regardless of anything, nobody disappears credit cards and cameras on every street corner exist ruby ridge look it up Mm. (laughs) Uh, i'm looking through this uh this comment thread the the student said that the exams were canceled for the day but school was not uh Mm -hmm. but there was not really a lot of conversations from the teachers about it um it was all very strange and uh, anyways, so Val on Twitter, he had described himself and there were several articles that references. It was very strange. Um, they quoted him as a self-described quote, comically terrible spy. <laughs> it, comically terrible spy. That sounds like a hit piece. It's uh that's what's on his Twitter bio. It's still up there for the time. Oh my being. God. Yeah. Self-proclaimed. Yeah. That's how you know he was a stooge. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, an investigative journalist that he has been working with, uh, for the past two years, Scott Stedman. We'll have some, uh, clips of a little bit that feature him, but, uh, on the day that his death was announced or the body was found, would probably be more accurate, uh, tweeted out that he guessed it was because of a drug overdose because Val, uh, struggled with various substance abuse, um, addictions and abuses, uh, specifically opioids. Um, he gets slammed a couple of times in the New York times articles and, uh, by other people from, you know, other contacts and various firms and whatnot, but he gets slammed over and over as an opioid abuser that kind of paint him in this, uh, this really shady light and every fucking photo, um, for the most part that these articles coming out about his death use is this one where he, you know, it looks like he's been on a bender, 
So he's got the super clammy skin and the and the huge, mm. you know, dugouts under his eyes and whatnot. Shit. Yeah. But uh, it turns out that he wasn't actually missing for a full year. He, <laughs> earlier this month, he had been arrested in possession of a ghost gun and had also received a restraining order uh, from a place called the Brewery Artist Complex, uh, which is like a artist commune, so you can rent various you know lofts from them. So mm-hmm. on and so forth. Um, and the reason was he uh, displayed a continuing pattern of unlawful and harassing conduct occurring over a significant period. Um, I guess a neighbor or something saw him pull an AC unit out of a window, climb in, and then put the AC unit back. Um, so the cops arrived and they looked in his car and there was a, a singular bullet sitting in the front seat. And that's when they discovered he had a, a bag full with the ghost gun in it and a magazine and these <laughs> these fucking rounds. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so this guy was definitely uh, a spook. No doubt. I mean, uh, this guy just was on. Unde- I mean, all the evidence points towards it. We're just getting started. I mean, and I just, I'm talking about the scope of the shit that I found. Um but just for a timeline's sake, he got evicted from this place uh, March 21st. He was arrested, uh, arrested. He was arrested April 9th, released, and then returned to the brewery on the 13th. The restraining or- order was filed the 14th, and he was found dead two weeks later on the 25th. I'm sorry, a week later on the 25th. A week and a half. Um, there's actually a, a, a Twitter thread here um that was retweeted by Rocco Rocco is uh Rocco Castoro he was actually one of the uh vice guys that i think pushed out Gavin McInnes um hmm. but one of uh, the new vice guys well i think he'd been there for a while oh okay yeah but um Val had attempted to work with him on getting like a Netflix deal or something. Val was very, from what I gathered other people talking about him, he was very interested in getting his story out, but he was interested in getting his story out in the form of entertainment. Hmm. Um, uh, I'm sure you'll elaborate. He wanted documentaries made according to the people writing about him. Mm -hmm. Um, in Val's own words, all of these writers, uh, or journalists like Rocco here, um, and David Enrich, who we haven't got to yet, uh, did what they could to paint him as this sort of egotistical limelight hunting, um, you know, sort of shady character, you know, unreliable is not somebody that you would want to loan money to. Cause you know that you would never get it back. Um, but there's actually this Twitter thread that was retweeted by Rocco and uh someone that's in the area of this location the brewery art uh artist complex retweet or posted a picture of one of those invest uh neighborhood watch apps and uh 
One one AN citizen user video shows multiple police vehicles arriving on scene. They, uh, the police advise a sub suspect has barricaded himself inside the location, and they're requesting additional units for assistance. Uh, they received an unconfirmed report that a man armed with a gun broke into a person's home, and uh, it takes place at the brewery. And this was uh, this was on April six. So this was this is April six, twenty twenty two, a year to the day when he had the uh, missing persons report filed or someone filed the report on him. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so, so on this, on this app, a this, year to the day. Yeah. That's kind of spooky. Yeah. Um, on, uh, there's a, there's a comment section on this watch app and Val is on there saying, my girlfriend has been missing for 14 hours. I asked the LAPD for help to go find her. Instead, they waste time laying siege at my home. Um, someone's arguing with him in the chats. If you are who are, if you are who you claim, then you went missing one year ago. What the fuck coincidence is that? Um, I feel that the powers that be are doing you, uh, Guacho dog, G A U C H O. I'm not sure what that Gaucho. is. Gaucho. 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 Gaucho um, dog. Gaucho. God, that's a fucking word. Uh, Oh man, gaucho, gaucho, gaucho. But, Without parents, an orphan. Interesting, <laughs> an orphan dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, what you if what you claim isn't bullshit, Russia wants their vengeance and uh, has such a long reach. They make NBA players look like they got T Rex arms. <laughs> Gross. Um, Gross. Yes, uh, a lot of this is fueled by the idea that. Um, Val has these documents that signal the, you know, direct ties between Donald Trump and the American branch of the Deutsche Bank and this other Russia state owned oligarch bank called VTB. Um, there's nothing that specifically says that these are all related, but I guess they had open accounts at the same time. And, uh, one of the big things that they were always shilling on their side, Val and the, uh, this last investigative writer, Stan Stedman, they were like, oh, we found out that it was VTB, the Russian state bank that was underwriting Trump's loans. Oh, this is, you know, we've cracked the code. We've got the smoking gun, except they turn it into the DOJ. They turn it into fucking shift. They turn it into the FBI and nothing. So, um, going back to this comment thread in the, in the app, Val is saying that this is my home. He's yelling at the person that this is my home. Um, he's the one that they claim is barricaded. Totally absurd. There's a, a helicopter with spotlighting him through the skylights. Why am I being blocked here? I'm Val Brooksmith. My girlfriend is missing. I asked LAPD to find her, but they came for me. Which is just such a bizarre... <sighs> The timing is so strange, and then the timing between this and, you know, t 20 days later, he's found at a high school at 6.40 in the morning. And uh, what was the name of the high school again? Woodrow Wilson High School. Woodrow Wilson High School. Mm-hmm. Found by the, uh, yeah. Um, there was a description. Why would you go to a high school, too? If you were to kill yourself, just, just, well, just the, theoretically. There's nothing that specifically, the only, 
inclination that I could find was from Stan Stedman, um, who believes that it was just a drug overdose, uh, but he would have to wait until there was more information. That's just the type of person that Val was. You know him. Drug overdose is the most typical eyes wide shut excuse of a nefarious and clandestine death that you that is out there. That's in the books. That's the most common thing that they say in the papers. Oh, you know, so and so died of a drug overdose. Whatever. When they fucking kill someone and make it a. Uh, you know, they make it a secret. Well, fuck Jimi Hendrix, man. I am of the opinion that they killed Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Prince, uh, his his manager did because his manager was a genuine piece of shit. Jimi Hendrix was a yeah. kind and gentle man with an immense talent and an immense fame and a very terrible time for music. Yeah. When music was run by the criminals that I was talking about earlier, when I compared Vegas, I was talking about. When Vegas is run by the mob versus now, when it's run by corporations, which are also a mob, but they don't fucking kill you if you don't if they don't if you don't do what they tell you to do, they just fire you. They ruin your life. They don't kill you. You mm-hmm. know, they right. don't murder you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now uh, after we're gonna jump back in time a little bit now. Um, so after after Bill Brooksmith's uh, death. Nine days later, I believe he died January 26, 2014. Nine days later, uh, Val was reached out to by an author who was working for the Wall Street Journal, but then he ended up moving over to the New York Times. This author's name was David Enrich, and they spent five years working on this piece, which eventually became a book known as Dark Tower, uh, Dark Towers, excuse me. Uh, but the New York Times article was written, or was titled, Me and My Whistleblower, and uh, David does not paint a pretty picture of Val. Um, actually, Val hated the title. One of the episode podcasts I listened to that he was on uh, said as much. Uh, hated the representation. He called David a stalker when they first uh, when they first met because David was very persistent about uh, having conversations and getting this information that he had, so on and so forth. Mm, stalker. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep that card in your hand. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I already kind of touched on all of this. Henry uh, painted him as unreliable, drug-addled, get-quick, rich-minded fellow. Um, they ne'er do well, as they say. Yes. He also talks about the red tie, uh, in reference to what we discuss as well in the article. So I'm not mm. making it up. <laughs> oh, look, here's a picture of, uh, Val with Adam Schiff. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. if you want a timeline of events, it's worth checking out because the dates kind of line up. Um, this guy's name is Val Brokesmith. Mm hmm. Brokesmith is a hell of, an, a, hell of a last name. Actually, if you want, uh, if you want to see the sort of uh, disdain that Val had, I just dropped a uh, a, a hate thread about uh, David that Val wrote up. Check it out. Um, basically, just calls him out on a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. They, and I think he was really, in turn, just kind of betrayed because he considered David a you know a friend and this person that was going to help him. You know, 
bring the news uh, that would eventually lead to Trump's inevitable downfall, so on and so forth. Um, but this information never really went anywhere. And uh, <laughs> it's it's a little mind-boggling that someone could be so close to so many just uh, famous people at, at weird times. Um, and it actually starts, it's one of those generational things. And uh, this is a brief clip about some family history. My father remarried my mother, and he just, uh, and this is now William Brooksmith. Mm-hmm. This is his full name, William S. Brooksmith. And his his father was a minister in Chicago, and they lived in the parish house. Uh, he is one of six and uh, grew up just above the poverty, poverty line. They mm-hmm. never had any money, but they were very well educated, uh, East Coast sort of, uh, waspy people and their family had had some money from way back when and uh, uh they went to school with uh prescott bush for example mm. uh, george bush's grandfather mm. the guy so they sort of george knew everyone prescott bush's prescott that, uh, bush. that world yeah they were old friends uh they called them waspy from the east coast we know how important that east coast drive is uh and funny enough val was also not uh, a natural-born U.S. citizen. He's actually an immigrant from Kiev, of all places. Kiev. Mm-hmm. Of all places. Yep. Immigrant, Kiev. Immigrated at around the age of one, one and a half, but his at father... At what t- uh, time? Like this would have date? been like 77, I want to say. I think he was born in 76. Okay. Okay. That's kind of, Okay. I like that. His father was a member of the Communist Party, a World War II hero that helped liberate Minsk uh, with the big tank uh, battle that they had there. Also, kind of synchronistic. Well, he could have been uh, commandeered into that whole affair, but we don't know. Well, he talks about the fact that his grandfather was denied a general status uh, because he was Jewish. Um, So I think he was a military family. So it's a military family. So even that, it just goes to show. And uh, I will say that his parents did end up splitting uh, after they got to New York. Or excuse me, not to, uh, they went to Chicago, um, but they split up shortly after. And Val spends a couple of years up until about about the age of nine in the foster care system. But it's during this time period where his mother meets Will, who is an up-and-coming aspiring banker, so on and so forth. You know, it's... You know, will you, will you let me be your daddy? Yeah, you can be my daddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did the clip there. Oh, and the grandmother did, um, according to Val, sell off a lot of the grandfather's World War II medals. Uh, sold them on the black market to get the scratch to move. Um, <laughs> now, a couple of uh, quick facts about Bill. Uh, he didn't create, I'm going to need your help on this. He didn't create derivative swaps, but he helped mass produce them. Does that mean anything to you? Derivative swaps. Uh, I mean, you, it's, it's part of the options game. It's one of the most deadly and speculative things you can do with the stock market. Well, I, I guess it was so deadly that, uh, through these derivative swaps, Orange County actually put them into bankruptcy 
uh, or sorry, Orange County put themselves into bankruptcy because they were getting a lot of these from Merrill Lynch, where Bill was working at the time. And uh, there's a famous case where Orange County sued Merrill Lynch for damages, but uh, Broke Schmidt had actually wrote him a memo saying, "Listen, y'all shouldn't be doing this. You don't have the funds to be gambling like this. You know, you're this is not going to end well." And because of that memo, they were Merrill Lynch was able to win this court case, hmm. uh, which is interesting. So I got a bankruptcy bankruptcy case for Orange County listed in the show notes. They talk about uh, Will and his memo. You know, Merrill Lynch made out like bandits in 08. They were one of the big winners in that whole thing. Mm. So was Buffett. <laughs> Buffett bought uh, Bank of America for like $3 a share. It was It was unbelievable. And Merrill Lynch was part of that. Now, I, I have a question for you. Yep. If you were working for an intelligence organization, what type of, or what do you think the title that they would give you would be? Like, if you had to put it on your resume, what you did for these folks, what was your official title? What What is HR going to use for documentation? Uh, consulting. Consulting. Oh, very close. Very close. This clip gets into, well, it's Val's actual job. So that meeting you think yeah. was helpful for them? And I should take, uh, I should state this is after he met the FBI for the first time. He had actually sent them an email back in, uh, 2016 about all these documents that he had received from his father or after his father's passing. And mm-hmm. it took him about, um, two years to respond back to him. And uh, I have a very brief quote from what the FBI agent allegedly told Val when, uh, when it came to how fast justice moves, the wheels of justice move slowly, Val. <laughs> <laughs> um, a tale as old as time. They certainly do. So they move quite slowly. Val's got a lot of paranoia at the time. He's, he's thinking that there's a Russian spy under every bed and he does all this weird, not necessarily weird shit, but he goes through a ver- pretty lengthy verification process with the FBI to make sure that that's actually who he's talking about. Um, he, he actually, he has people from New York city fly out to California to meet with him um, at one of the federal buildings where he was told explicitly not to sign in so his name wouldn't show up on record or anything. It's all very cloak and dagger, very exciting. Um but this is James Bond shit for sure. Yes. Yes indeed. It's very incredibly James Bond. Um but we'll it's as close as you get to it in real life. We'll uh, we'll get back into his actual job title. Uh I don't know. I apparently so yeah. Because, okay, so we should explain that you mm-hmm. have a continuing relationship. What is your mm-hmm. what's your official what did they say you can tell people you are? A counterintelligence special advisor or special advisor to counterintelligence. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And counterintelligence that. is the name of your podcast. I, so, I wish I knew that. I would have special started. advisor, an advisor. Well, he's an advisor. He that's, says that's, that's almost like a consultant. He says counter, uh, counter, sorry, counterintelligence sp- advisor. He says special, which is very uh, oblique. He says special advisor to counterintelligence or counterintelligence special advisor. And he makes a distinct effort to say or that there's <laughs> and this, both of them include counterintelligence in the title. 
And I want to point out that that's the first time that he states it exactly like that. We'll uh, continue that's on. That's what I mean. That seems to be the most obvious. Anyway, yeah. But that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, hey, can you get another guy that title? A uh, friend? A close friend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a close yeah, friend. Yes, the, the water boy. No, but seriously, though, but that's important sorry, because Eric. it shows. <laughs> I don't that joke. Stop joking, you guys. This All is right. serious. Okay. <laughs> Who says that? Oh my that? god. Who, Who says, says that? that? Who says that? Who says this? Stop so joking, funny. you guys. This All is right. serious. What a what a joker this guy is. Hey, quit joking, buddy. So this gentleman that you're listening to right here. Stop joking, you guys. This All is right. serious. That is Stan Sedman, who is a he's a fresh, young, and up and coming uh, journalist. He's writing for Forensic News. Um, he's a fresh low coming. Hmm. I think he's a spook, but that's just me. I might have stuff to back that's it up. One thing. Oh. One thing he is. He's many things. <laughs> oh my. What, what, sorry. <laughs> no, but I was saying no, that it's important because they're it's getting important. your title, so they obviously find value in your documents. And a toy gun and a fake badge, dude. Yeah, yeah. a squirt know, plastic. Gun? Yes, squirt gun. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. What's that awesome. title again? Just please. Uh, counterintelligence special advisor okay. or special advisor to counterintelligence. Or he's very specific about that. Or, or, or it's like he's reading a script and uh, the dude that's interviewing him is so into it. It's pretty funny. That's amazing. That's so cool. So awesome, bro. <laughs> you want to go skydiving? Hell yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. It's definitely cool. Got me laid. Definitely cool. Marie. Definitely. <laughs> Got me laid. No comment. Yeah. Definitely got anyway, me laid. So, uh, so you, okay, so you met okay. them in, in 2019. Yeah, yeah. And you have a continuing... Yeah. So, I don't know how much you want to say about that. Uh, you have a continuing relationship with yeah, them. Yeah, continuing relationship. And they... Uh, so it's interesting because at the same time, I was uh, asked by David Enrich, actually, mm-hmm. to get involved with the congressional uh, investigation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, of course, Enrich is the New York Times writer. um, And uh, he goes on to suggest uh, not only does he get involved with the congressional hearing, but he directly uh, mentions Maxine Waters, that Val should reach out to Maxine Waters directly to try and do something with all this information. And Val's like, oh, you know, give me some, give me some context, put me in in touch. And Val's like, or uh, David's like, oh, that would be ethically wrong. I couldn't do that. (laughs) Very strange. But it turns out. I have rules. There are rules. Val is a very fortunate man because being this, you know, on the fringe of celebrity dumb. He's got friends and he goes to parties and you know what happens at parties? People rub elbows and oh boy, did he find one dude to rub elbows with or what? David says to me, Val, it would be great if you could somehow get involved in this thing because I need an ending for the book. I don't really have a good ending. Hmm. So get involved with this congressional hearing. He's like, can you do, can you find uh, Maxine Waters is uh info or data i said well david you give it to me you're the journalist you're new york times i'm sure you have it in a rolodex somewhere it's like i can't be uh, seen helping you I said, what so, yes i can't be seen helping you you know uh, in this sense but i'm just asking you if you can get yourself involved in this it'll be good for you and me i was like all right mm-hmm. well, let me see what i can do so yeah, marie and i go to a party mm-hmm. uh with this uh, one of her friends this producer uh gal uh, should we say her name no 
And Sorry for at the this rumbling. party is Moby. And mm-hmm. Moby and, and uh, another lovely, what's her name? Heather, uh, Heather Graham. Graham. Yeah, Heather Graham. Heather very, Graham. Very smart. God, they're brilliant. I mean, yes, Moby and Heather Graham of Hangover fame and uh, Austin Power 2, if, if I'm not mistaken. And Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah. Oh my! She's a babe. She's a, she's a <laughs> class ten fucking full time swing. Uh, now I will say I am not a Moby fan. I'm not a Moby guy. I do not uh, know anything about him other than the diss lyric that Eminem wrote up for him in the song "Without Me." And the story I told you about how I he had a free website when I was in college. He, he would just make music for college students and give it away for free. Oh, that's kind of cool. It was called Moby Gratis, and I made a couple films, and I used some music that was made by Moby. Oh, let me use it for free. So that's my that's my one experience with Moby. I I'm not a Moby fan. I've never listened to Moby's music like regularly, but he did do that in college, so I do have a fond memory. Well, <laughs> how does it feel to be uh, within three degrees of separation of this? N- person that they're about to talk to we're talking about the table they knew everything about everything uh, well not everything everything about politics and everything about trump and everything about uh, mm-hmm. the way government agencies work which i didn't know at the time it was quite impressive and moby really he, he kept talking about nancy pelosi he has this thing with nancy pelosi he's like my friend nancy pelosi is going to help you i tell you you should uh, get in touch with her uh wait who's that moby my friend nancy pelosi mm-hmm. yes yeah, so you got to talk to my friend nancy pelosi wait is she your friend my friend Nancy Pelosi, of course she's my friend. You know, it's really, it's funny how he always said, my friend Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. He's a funny guy. Said it five times there. <laughs> my friend Nancy Pelosi. You're within three degrees of separation of Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> this guy knows people. Pelosi's. He knows Pelosi's. Uh, well, it turns out You don't that- want to know Pelosi. No. Um, it turns out that uh, Moby was actually kind of connected. And I think for time's sake i'm not going to get into i had these clips labeled as bonus clips anyway so i was kind of prepared but um moby doesn't get him in contact with pelosi but uh they do or he does put dan goldman in contact with val dan goldman being one of the attorneys for adam schiff on the uh on the trump (laughs) case Right. And there's this back and forth between Dan and and Val. Dan is demanding these documents without, you know, verifying who he is. And he can't fly out to meet Val anywhere anytime soon. And they have this like kind of tense back and forth. And um, Dan actually tells Val that he should take these documents instead and go to Adam Schiff's office and drop them off in person. (laughs) <laughs> and mm. when he gets there he's in and there's the, the photos there in the show notes he tries to hand them off to shift and shifts like i can't take these this breaks the entire you know uh chain of custody this is highly immoral highly unethical i can't do this so, you know what what are you doing stop and um i guess because val was simultaneously searching for an end for the book that david enrick was writing you know the guy that told him to go and try and get involved with a congressional hearing. Um, Val ends up asking Adam Schiff if he could ask a couple of questions and record it. And, and Schiff loses his mind. He's like, you know what? No, you can't do that. That's no, 
you're not recording right now, are you? <laughs> Made it this big whole thing and like off the record, right? Oh, dude, it's in like they talk about it. It's like it was only 15 minutes. So he's got the documents that would lead to lead to uh, Donald Trump's downfall. Documents. He has the documents. <laughs> I have in my hand the documents. And he couldn't even get more than 15 minutes with with Schiff, but uh, you know he, he he even tries suggesting like leaving them with the secretary, which Schiff freaks out again again about. He's like, no, you can't do that. Um, and then you know, there's war back and forth between Dan Goldman and Val, but what they're going to do. Um, and shortly after the shift meeting is when the FBI shows back up and, uh, essentially they say, uh, you know, this is a big political thing. You know, they're doing this for optics, us, the FBI, you know, we're just here to catch the bad guys. Val and this Stan Stedman character, they're both big fans of the FBI. They're like, you know, they, they're thinking that they're dudes that are doing the noble work and so on and so forth. Um, you know, it's like dudes that really, really mean well and want to see justice and, and all that jazz. Uh, where am I now? I'm looking at this uh, picture. Fletcher dropped Kiss Cat. <laughs> it's completely derailed me. As you know, as we got this uh, chat room and they drop images and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he goes on to, um, oh, we did all of the suits, fanboys of the suits. Uh, he did tell Dan Goldman eventually to just subpoena him so they would, you know, be like, oh, we need these documents in court. And finally, he was like, oh, finally, they just took them off my hands three years later. Um, this next clip, this was this is when things start to get a little spooky. I'm not gonna lie, you know, like oh, about time, bro. How do you just know all these people? This is uh, <laughs> this is so it's been spooky this whole time, and you're like, now it's gonna get spooky. Oh, dude, uh, brace yourself. I'm ready? This I'm is ready. this is this is about hungry journos. Glenn, uh, he's a trip. He's a character. <laughs> so I'm in Rome. 2016 and i'm sort of uh no big deal I, i'm convinced myself that i'm going to write my story and every time i do i just watch netflix one sentence written oh yeah this is ridiculous what's on netflix today and then it just Black i couldn't get anything done so i figured i would i would try to find someone else to write my story for me at the same time i'm still getting a deluge of uh journalists calling me every five minutes mm. asking me for what i have on trump because before Trump, uh, this is, remember, right after Trump's, what do you call it? The, uh, he won the nomination. And he, actually, inauguration? This, no, sorry. This is right before the inauguration, after the presidency. The yeah. nomination. Yeah. 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 No, no. Uh, this is December, December 2016. And I'm in Rome right. uh, doing more research, trying to figure out. Uh, I, I won't tell you. I'm just basically, I'm in Rome. And one reporter is well, this person described themselves as a reporter mm -hmm. and said, you know, I really am interested in your story and I like to do a story for, uh, I'll just say financial times. Mm -hmm. And, mm. you know, can I meet with you? What's your schedule like? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm free, you know, but look, it's going to take three days to hear my story. So if you don't have three days, don't come. Mm. That's what I've been telling Ooh. all reporters at that time. It, it took three days to hear everything. I think um, and a little signal there. Oh, okay. He, he repeats stuff a lot. 
It might be three, a TIF. Three, 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 yeah, three. Uh, you know, special advisor to counterintelligence or counterintelligence special special advisor. Three days. You, you shoot out stuff days. when you hear about and when you read about <laughs> coded words that these guys use to communicate without actually explicitly saying what they're trying to communicate. They're just using it. It could be. Words. It could be subconscious. Well, it could be. It could be subconscious. It could be mind control type shit, but it could just be oh, wow. literal communication. Yeah. It's a code. Like there, there is a code. I mean, there's, there's certain ways that people say, like if you're a POW, there are certain ways that the army trains you to communicate certain things with words that, you know, instead of saying you say the word bowl and bowl means, you know, we're in the North or we're so, you know, I mean, like there's there's certain things that they they do, uh, and to communicate through to each other, it, it is a kind of a schizo thing to bring up. I know, but uh, but this sort of thing does exist, so you do want to kind of keep an eye out for it every now and again. Yeah, I mean, there's for some no, reason. Ain't no looking at this coincidences out there. <laughs> I mean, if this guy's a spook and he's trying to do spook shit, this is spook shit. This is what. This is what they do. They they communicate uh, uh, funky little ways and little codes and little things like that. Part of the fun. We, uh, I think it's this. No, maybe. Mm, I actually don't remember. But uh, I, there's something very exciting coming up. I can't wait for you to hear it. Oh, how about tomorrow? I'm like, well, isn't it tomorrow New Year's Eve? Like, yeah. No. You don't have anything better to do? Like, no, no, this is, we need to get this done now. I gotta get this story out there. It's like, okay, um, who sent you to me, by the way? Oh, so and so from this magazine. I'm like, oh, magazine? Oh, I mean, newspaper. Wait, newspaper? Oh, I mean, online thing. Oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. <laughs> you don't even have to think about it, dude. <laughs> we're just here to do what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Now, what do you, what do you think he ends up calling this, uh, this person, uh, referring to him in this particular interview of all the words that he could choose out there to label somebody as I'm, uh, I'm give you a chance to guess one <laughs> you're only gonna give me one yeah <laughs> uh an advisor Ooh, close but no cigar uh, so the person flies out on new year's eve and spends new year's eve new year's day and the next day with me mm-hmm. and tell them this person the story and this person eventually would become what I would call my handler, mm-hmm. um, and which would steer me in the right direction when I was in the wrong direction, put me in touch with people I needed to know, et cetera, et cetera. And we struck up a relationship where we would talk on almost a daily basis mm-hmm. over the course of the next year and a half. Um, and uh, I, I put a lot of trust in this person. And uh, cut to about a month later, I'm in Portugal, and I'm running out of money, mm-hmm. and I'm running out of drugs. And I don't know what to do. I'm like, fuck what I do. So I start calling some friends and, uh, well, Peggy, I, I should introduce Peggy into this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I'm not yet. We're not going to hear anything else about Peggy, but for any of you that are curious, who's Peggy? Uh, he is referring to none other than Peggy Young, ex-wife of Neil Young. Apparently, he considered her a type of surrogate mother. Ah, that's very spooky. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also very crazy (laughs) of him to say. 
Yeah, she ends up, uh, he, he talks about her bailing him out. Uh, at one point she thinks that he's a, you know, someone fishing for money because he hits her up for like $15,000 or whatever, uh, when he was trying to, Jesus. you know, during this time period, right? Um, Either it's true and it's, uh, it's fucking crazy that Neil Young's wife participates in this kind of bullshit, but it also makes sense. Or he's lying and he's just, a complete fucking con artist. <laughs> He's just blowing mad smoke and doing a bunch of shit, saying a bunch of shit. In one other one way or another, one way or another, he's a psycho. Well, dude, he, uh, you know, I, Peggy had passed away in this interview. She had passed away like a year prior and some change, but it too, I believe, was right around the same anniversary as a. Uh, his father's passing, which was that end of January, um, uh, end of January, 2019 or sorry, January. So she passed away January six. His father passed away January 26. Hmm. Um, so this, uh, this friend of his, uh, this, his handler, right. Um, ends up reaching out and giving him a lending hand. And this is where we actually kind of start to get into why he might've passed away because he made a very interesting friend through this contact. And it's, uh, it's one of the fusion GPS guys. So I get a phone call and the handler says, look, I found this person. His name is Glenn Simpson. Um, he's a good guy. And he's going to pay for your documents. I think he's going to help you out. I think this is a very good match. Mm-hmm. Wait for his phone call. So I said, okay. So I wait for the phone call. And I, Sounds I mean, like a headhunter. During that? Yeah. Well, it's curious. We don't know this person who, what, if she, what that person was working yeah, for. Yeah. Yeah. Still oh. very, very, uh, he slash she has obscured yeah. everything and obfuscated even more. So we don't know. But, uh, uh, I get a phone call. Phone rings. And it's Glenn Simpson. And during the, during the interim between the handler telling me to wait and Glenn Simpson calling, I do a little Google search mm-hmm. and I see Glenn Simpson, Fusion Industry, GPS, the Steel Dossier. Like, oh, wow. It's that guy. So this was like, this was still January of 2017. Like this yeah. was days after the dossier days, came out. Like a, a, a 10 days. Right. After. So Glenn's new project was. It was January 26th. And then the reason I know that because that is the, the, at that point, the second anniversary of my father's death. Hmm. He, he died on January 26th. Hmm. So I remember Glenn calling me on January 26th. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was odd too. Um, every January 26th, something strange happens mm-hmm. now. Um, anyway, uh, uh, I, Hello, Val. This is Val Brooksman. Yeah, yes. This is Glenn Simpson. Uh, uh, blah blah blah. Beep redacted says you have yeah. uh, some uh, documents that might be of a uh, high value. Yeah, I do. Uh, what did she say? Well, she said uh, about you know, et cetera, et cetera. Said, what do you think uh, you can come to uh, uh, DC right away? Like, um, no, <laughs> don't. It's like, uh, she says that you might uh, be in a bind here. You might need some uh, money or something like that. I'm like, yes, yes, Glenn, I, I, I am. And she said that you were willing to pay. Yes, yes. What do you think about $10,000? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> you know, I'll take it. All right. $10,000 it is. And, and like, well, but Glenn, uh, uh, you know, I, there's some, ex- oh, of course, expenses included. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. How about I send you my credit card? All right. Uh, I like you. I like yeah. this guy. He's down to business. Gets to the point. 
and is a, he seems like an interesting guy. And, and the more I read about him, the more I'm interested. And and uh, he says, okay, well, we'll pick a place. We'll, let's meet somewhere, Val. Where would you like to meet? I was like, look, I don't know you. You you seem interesting. I saw you online and your Fusion GPS and the Steel dossier stuff. But look, I've been at this point in time, I've been through a lot of shit. Yeah. And people have been spying on me. I've been hacked multiple times. Someone smashed the window and stole a computer. Someone stole hard drives. <laughs> like, things were happening, and it was odd. So I'm like, look, man, odd. I don't know you. You don't know me. Why don't we meet somewhere neutral? He's like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'll, uh, where would you like to meet? He's like, well, uh, how about somewhere warm? You know, uh, what do you think about the Barbados or somewhere in those uh, <laughs> British Virgin Islands? Like, oh, sounds great. <laughs> this motherfucker got gang stalked. You know, it happens to the best of us, literally. He's got a fucking handler. I mean, his father's got the 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 red silk sash. Um, yeah, he's part of the he's part of the the circle where they do this to each other. They fuck with each other. Well, he was also, uh, Val had information that helped lead to the, uh, sentencing of, oh God, it's one of the oldest banks based out of Italy. I'm not going to remember off the top of my head. Um, Medici Bank. Mm hmm. Um, he, uh, he ended up giving them information, uh, related to the 33 year old is uh, executive that fell out of a window backwards with scratch marks and bruises on his body. Right. Um, well, you know, there's a it whole may or may, Italy may or may not have some influence from the mafia. Yeah. You mean the Vatican? <laughs> hey, um, hey, but that's a whole other, I, I couldn't even touch that shit because there was a string of God, like 40, banker related suicides and deaths all within just like a year's time frame uh mm. just a string of them over and over and over and over and over uh and bill brookschmidt was included in that list uh knew it i've actually got the uh bing it.io search saved with brookschmidt oh, bing it. <clears throat> yep that's the uh, no agenda show notes uh catalog uh let's see um, I just, I don't, I do have, I have a suspicion, but I'm not intelligent enough to fully understand what is going on or what the implications are, but it sounds like Val and Glenn Simpson were pretty fucking tight. I mean, they, as you heard, if Val is to be believed based off of one fucking phone call, Clint's like, oh yeah, you know, take my credit card. Sure. Why not? Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to get up together. You're going to give me these documents. I'll give you the $10,000. Uh, I think he only ends up getting just under half, um, because there's another hate thread tweet fest, uh, from Val about Glenn Simpson and the way that Glenn portrayed him in his book, because Glenn Simpson from fucking fusion GPS also has a book. Um, this is, this is a little bit about their time in, uh, the Virgin islands. Uh, and what we didn't know at the time was that a lot of the intelligence services were using that same hotel, uh, as a conference center. For their, really? For their American? Uh, yeah, yeah, hmm. uh, yeah. DIA, CIA, NSC, hmm. or NSA, and it was it was very weird. And hmm. Glenn's like, "Did you pick this place up?" 
He's like, no, I had no idea. I do sure you didn't know, because now he's getting suspicious of me. He's like, no, I didn't know that NSA was having a meeting here. It's like, well, how did you not know? God damn it. Like, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know the schedule, man. You know, he just said find a hotel. So I did. So we get in there and we sniff each other out. He wants to make sure I'm not a Russian spy and make mm-hmm. sure he's not a Russian spy. And he brings his tech guy with him, uh, who's another sort of a fun guy, good guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you his name, but I'm sure Glenn, I think he mentioned it in the book, in Glenn's book. Uh, but anyway, we, uh, we sort of party for like three days. Yeah. <laughs> After he verifies my documents and I give them to him and everything's kosher, he sends half of the money first. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, uh, we sort of just party for three days and Glenn mm-hmm. is a, yeah, he's a, he's a scene. He's a scene. <laughs> yeah. He's a trip. He's a real character, real character, one of a kind. So did you guys stop making, they stopped making his prototype a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they go over the documents. They don't find anything. <laughs> um, so this is, uh, we're, we're down. We got two more clips and, uh, I think we'll be wrapping on this, but I, should take a, uh, a detour for a second and reference a Substack article that's written by Technofog. Technofrog. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Technofrog, they uh, are another Twitter user that gets deep into these big dumps and whatnot, and will send out interesting information, so on and so forth, uh, about these leaks and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but uh, he had a recent article. Durham, John Durham, is filing against the DNC Fusion GPS, Hillary for America, for their alleged use of using Fusion GPS, not for legal advice, but instead for using Fusion GPS to fabricate uh, information about the Trump campaign. In example, the Steele dossier. Um, the whole, uh, God, I didn't even know what it was called. I reference it as the full Durham legal thingy. It's in the show notes as well. But, uh, yeah, essentially, Durham is showing the receipts for all of these emails, talking about whether or not journalists are going to believe certain stories and whatnot. Glenn Simpson is a person that that it shows up in these emails that are featured in the Substack. Um, I And, like... Glenn and Val, it sounds like, spent an inordinate, inordinate amount of time together. They party for the three days. Uh, Glenn flies home, tells Val to just chill there and detox, I guess, if he had to, and then invites Val to come back to the States because he'd been living in Rome for however you know many past, past years it had been, invites him to come back to the States and then lives... With Glenn Simpson of the Steel Dossier fame. <laughs> the Steel Dossier. Um, and so overall, um, it kind of, if, you know, if I'm, if any inclination I had about this was to be believed, maybe Val was getting ready to flip for Durham, possibly. Who knows? Um, it's really, really hard to say. Um, this is a, who knows? This is a, uh, this is the final clip for this podcast episode that we've been going through, but, um, I just, something about it stood out. It's a little bit of a truth wants to come out. I might just close on just like a final thought. The, what we're talked about as much as we had some, (laughs) the Glenn Simpson story is just an absolute classic already, even though it just happened like two years ago. (laughs) But what we're talking about is a very frightening 
um, uh, an actual sort of crime family sweeping over this country's government, as it has in so many other parts of the world. And it's so important what not just what what you did and continue to do and what mm-hmm. we're doing here. It's important. It's frankly dangerous. And uh, so I just want that not to get lost, how, yeah. how serious this is. And for those listening, like, everybody needs to come together. This is 2020. This is literally the first day. This could be the most serious year in this country's yeah. history. I mean, I think personally we shouldn't have a president whose financials are tied up to a Putin bank, just personally speaking. (laughs) Call me crazy. But, yeah, I mean, just from a counterintelligence, uh, name drop, counterintelligence (laughs) point of view, it's a... What's so funny about that? What is is so funny? (laughs) What what is the joke here? Let's take it back. What is the joke here? Name drop. Oh, sorry, it wasn't quite far enough. Call me crazy. But, yeah, I mean, just from a counterintelligence uh, name drop counterintelligence <laughs> point of view it's a disaster to to know that vtb uh, and the kremlin got an inside look into trump's finances before he was president it's very disturbing it's disturbing because yeah. as far as i was concerned this is what i thought this episode was about stop joking you guys this All is right. serious <laughs> maybe i'm looking a little too too deep into it maybe maybe mm. he just legitimately misspoke Maybe, but it, for a second there, it sounded it kind of felt like he was assuming the first person perspective from one of counterintelligence background, perhaps uh, of the consultation or the advisory board. Hmm. Wow. We uh. God damn! I knew this was gonna be a thick episode, but holy shit! I yeah. Hey, let's let's get out of here. All right. Well. <sighs> Do we have any calls left, though? Are you getting any screen mails? We have uh, some boostograms. We got one Ooh, we got some boostos. from Cotton Gin and Tonic, 1776 from Fountain. He said, us. 1776, the year it all began. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Cotton Gin, who happens to live in a very important part of the American history by a certain rock. That uh, that may or may not be very unimpressive. <laughs> I um, we do have two voicemails left, but I absolutely positively must bring this last clip to the table because there is oh, one. Woobs has to do it. He's got to push it. He's like, hey, let's I got going. to. This is you know we left out all, well, you know a good chunk or a lot of the chunk about the banker suicides, but. That's not the only thing that Val has had a hand in. He has, you know, not only had a hand in the congressional hearings uh, against Trump and so on and so forth. There was one other event in 2016, mind you. So this is a couple months after his father passes away. Val finds himself directly in the middle of the Sony hack. Bikini Robot Army is my band. It's mostly just me with friends. Um, it's basically just me. <laughs> Sometimes when you are mastering music and you, you know, bounce number three versus bounce number fucking 36, it sort of drives you crazy and you need a break. And fortunately, Sony got hacked. And then I saw the screens at Sony and they had that 90s monster 
that says you've been hacked or something like that. And at, at the bottom <laughs> of the screen, there was a URL, and it was a list of the hacked files. And they were hacked by the... You've been hacked or something. I don't know. It was the Guardians of Peace. Uh, they they ended up um, siphoning fucking all sorts of shit. As far as I remember, they ended up breaking most of uh, Sony's computers and servers. Um... I'm a little fuzzy on the actual details. There's a documentary uh, that Sony actually uh, took down via legal threat uh, that where this clip is from. Val was featured in it um, because Val was the guy that was got the information and was tweeting it out. So he's got his father's documents about Deutsche Bank, and then he's got Hone- Sony's internal files. But it was just the names of the files, which was even more fascinating, because the names of the files amounted to five fucking gigs, and which is huge. You know, there were no files, no attachments, just names. You know how small a text file is, right? At the very bottom of this list, uh, it said, you know, please contact us here for further information. So I figured, why not? Let's see what happens. So I, I sent an email and didn't think that I would ever hear back, but I did. I am head of GOP. I appreciate you calling us. The data will soon get there. You can find what we do on the following link. I remember clicking on this link and thinking, what the fuck is this <laughs> Facebook link? Why, why are these hackers sending me, if they want me to like their fucking Facebook page? I get there and I'm like the third person to like the Facebook page. <laughs> I was the, th- the third one. I figured everyone had done what I had done and that I was just one of maybe a hundred thousand people getting these documents until I figured out I was the only one. <laughs> I'm thinking I can probably start tweeting some of the funnier bits that I found or the more interesting things. Um, and that's what I did. And of course, Sony ended up coming after him and got the FBI involved because, you know, this is you know, sensitive corporate material and this is a terrorist threat. And, uh, there was a big push at the time to blame everything on North Korea because we were really scared of North Korea back then. Um, it's, I don't know. What, do you have any thoughts about that? I don't know, man. It's it's so deep, so many moving parts. I uh, I don't know. I I really don't have any thoughts on it. Honestly, it's it's. Uh, I, I'll have to I'll have to marinate in the. In the- <laughs> To get a real salt, because if I just if I start going off on what I think, I, I'll be wrong. I just know I will be. Well, uh, you know, it's deep, uh, man. There's a lot of different angles. I mean, you've brought a lot of different information to the table here. So, yep. got It's it's a wish. I wish I had a clear cut of what I thought was going on. Well, you know, at the end of the day, how bad of a person could somebody that likes Warren Zevon B. Fucking love Warren Zevon. Random love and abandoned love. Accidentally like a martyr. Rest well, Val Brooksham. Yeah, R.I.P. in peace. That was him covering Accidentally Like a Martyr. And that guy has. That guy's voice was like. If you had butter that you dropped on the floor and you accidentally <laughs> stepped in it and then you took a spoon and you scooped it into a jar 
and then you left the lid off and a fly went into it. Mm. That's what his voice is like. Om nom. Tasty. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Every, just everything about it, I find yeah. strange. It is, it is. Uh, especially this strange fucking voicemail. Hey guys. Uh, yeah, so I'm listening to the show this, uh, first half. I'm like, God dang, did I send that to them? Cause I know I'd heard that clip, uh, YouTube mini doc about the guy that caused all this issue. Anyway, yeah, but it turns out I checked my text messages. I didn't, I didn't send it to you guys. I sent it to my uh, nuclear uh, scientist buddy, but I mean, just to have a discussion, but he's getting divorced uh, lately, so no time for intellectual conversation. Uh, uh, then again, uh, nuclear scientist uh, kind of preoccupied, not exactly comforting either. Anyway, uh, good shit. Good show. Good breakdown. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Thank you, Doug, uh, sir. Shit, there was something else I was going to talk about. But, uh, oh, I got a joke for you. <laughs> Thank you, Special yeah. Agent Dr. <laughs> sir, Mike Crotch. Special Asian Dr. Sir, Mike, Mike Crotch. Oh, I get the joke now. <laughs> nice. Uh, this yeah. is our this is our last screen mail for tonight. Your mom did a Celtic Celtic spread. Oh, 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 oh! Nice scream caller, Jiminy Crickets, Jiminy Ham Hams, Ham Ham. Beautiful oh, caller, beautiful call, scholars. Yes, we appreciate every one of those. 612-263-7999. That's right. That's how we get our rocks off here. It's a value for value production. You can always call us and leave us a sweet scream mail. Yep. We uh we do cool and legal things every Monday night, seven thirty, nine thirty, ten thirty Eastern respectively. It's at badradio.live. And uh hashtag green room. Come come play with Gal and hang out with uh all the uh, there was forty six motherfuckers in the green room. I checked earlier today. Yeah, we, we were hitting really peak all time highs in the green room and you should absolutely join the green room. You can find us at irc.zeronode.net or you can go to our website at behindtheschemes.com and you can find the Kiwi link there and you can get in there. And uh, join the fun. There's a lot of people in here. It's 43 real people, not bots. <laughs> real, well, actual people. Th- there's some bots that count. There's like two <laughs> bots. And they're the fucking best bots you've ever fucking seen. Oh, yeah. Artisanally crafted, small batch bots. And, of course, we are live in CurioCaster and PodServe now. That's all very exciting. Uh, yes. Cutting edge we're all shit. over the goddamn place. And we're still 108th in the uh, United Emirates. Mm-hmm. Arab <laughs> Emirates. <laughs> uh, we'll be <laughs> king. We'll be oil barons before you know it. Yeah, yeah. Oil me up. Oh, I'm so oiled. I'm just slathered in riches. 
getting fed. Drenching himself in the seed oils. Ooh. Is that rapeseed oil? Oh. Flax me harder. Mmm. Grapes straight from the vine. Um. Oh. Nom. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, delightful. All right. This is fucking getting weird. Let's get the fuck out of here. Hey, man, you know what they say. It's good to be a hunter eighth of the United Arabs Emirates. <laughs> I like it. I agree. That's what they say. That is what they say. What? Uh, until next time, I've been Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And I have been... Lavish. Justice moves slowly now. Free and equal! Free and equal! Behind the squeeze! Exclamation point draw space Celtic. Hashtag green room. <laughs> I got. I finally got something with 420 in it. The. The, 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 the. Groovy. Oh, you gotta join hashtag green room. We need more podcasters. Money, money, making money, making money, making money, making money, making money. Damn. This is Behind the Schemes, the esoterica of your dreams.